Indeed. And on that note, let's get to it, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Group Up Podcast. We're here for the great February debate. And boy, is it a time to be alive in the Overwatch community. News is bound. Lots of changes are coming. And I've assembled the Goated Squad to come through and discuss them all. So let me quickly go through our guests. And we're going to get right into a bunch of topics, including the new patch, you know, bullets being bigger, basically. Health pools being bigger. Comp being changed. And SK, of all people, knows all about this because she was shouted out multiple times about the change itself. That was so cool. It was. In fact, we'll go there. In the bottom left is, is my girl SK. SK, what's up? Hello. The ceiling. Haha. <laughs> Nice, got it. Yeah, I see. Plushied up. I pre I approve of the plushies. Always, always. I have always. the Emong one. Oh shit! I can show them off. Yeah, yeah, you Wait, should. Chat to listeners. Here you go. There's a little cute Emong. Is that that's his cat, right? Sully. Is that correct? Yeah, this is Sully. Mhm. Mm cute as fuck. Cute as fuck. In the bottom right, with his new glasses, is my man Frito. Frito, what's up? Everybody. I went to go look up the old Manny Fresh song real big because we got hitboxes real big, health pools real big, <laughs> everything real big. Big patch coming through. I'm excited. I love that. You should have that playing in the background of your video, your next video, if it doesn't get DMCA'd. <laughs> like a three-second snippet or something. I'm cool. This is a really uh, dated reference, I think. I was just trying to see if anybody in the chat knew that this song. It wasn't a big song then at the time when it was out. You know what I mean? So it's like one of those kinds of songs. I'm sure there's some TikTok equivalent of it now. There's some big song. Flats, maybe you know better than we do. You're the TikTok expert in the top left is my man Flats. Flats, what's up? Uh, I'm the TikTok. I, I don't even run my own TikTok. <laughs> yeah, but you're always reacting to them. You know what's up. Oh, yeah. I have. Well, other people get them for me, send them to me, and then other people vet them. And then I just click on links and I still managed to fuck that up. So I don't, I don't know if I'd say <laughs> expert, but... I definitely, uh, I have definitely lost a, a good amount of brain power reading TikToks over the year. I, I don't think there's a single human <sighs> who's felt intellectually stimulated by TikTok. No one's come out the other side better having watched nope. a TikTok. So hopefully you listening to this will come out better on the other side. Or if, you know, at least a little bit happier or more depressed, depending on how you view the news and how we're going to respond to it. So let's get right into it, guys. Obviously, Season 9 is almost upon us now, and they've announced a big set of changes. You know, De Aaron's blog went out today, and before that, they showed off the changes. The hitbox changes for the for the shot the shooty-shooty, the health pool changes, the passive changes, the new DPS passive. Everyone's got the healing passive. We know now the details of it. Um, and, of course, the comp changes. So just before we get into each nitty-gritty, I want your big picture or impressions of, like, how you're feeling overall about what's been announced season 9. Good, bad, or somewhere in between. We'll go with Frito first. Frito, how are you feeling about it? I absolutely can't believe how underselling they're doing with all of this. It's coming out like a laundry list of number changes when it's the most transformative series of, of patches, redesigning the whole function of the game, and the biggest power creep nerf we've ever seen. Like, the types of things we've been asking for. I feel like, like the one person acknowledging, like, wow, that's, like, a long list of things that people have talked about with Overwatch for years and years and years. I think back to a famous Taimu clip of him not being able to hit an ADing tracer and just giggling about how impossible it is to land some of the shots in Overwatch, and I never felt like 
the game got the credit for how difficult it was, the perception of how difficult the game is, and the actuality of actually playing it, where there's a huge gap there. No one, no one thinks our game takes the skill it takes anyway. So we, it, they're moving in this direction in order to make it function the way I think most people perceive it as the colorful kitty shooter game that it is uh, aligns that with the experience. And so I'm really excited about these changes for like a hundred different reasons. I can't believe how little they seem to be like selling it to the community. You know, this is like, this should be saying, this is a more fun version of the game. Here you go. Instead, it's like, well, there's a numbers change here. Like the, the projectile size is 0. 0.05 bigger than it was before. I didn't know what it was to begin with. What does that mean? All right. That, that's my little opening spiel. No, I like it. That's true. I also didn't, I was like, wait, wait. So I had to ask chat, chat, how much is it currently? Um, SK, what about you? How have you felt about the changes overall? Mm, I'm a bit wary, but I'm overall very happy. I think some things are almost definitely going to be overlooked and that might like completely ruin a few heroes, specifically Junkrat. He's going to be so bad. <laughs> He's I know getting about overlooked. That. But, I just spent a week playing Junkrat. I know all about this now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but overall, I am very happy because this shows that the team is not afraid to take risks. That is, I think, the biggest issue that Overwatch has had so far is that, like, they're afraid to over-nerf or change something too much. They're afraid to, they're just afraid to do things. So a huge patch like this has me very happy about the future. Hmm. Platz, what about you? you is, is it a we're so back moment or not? Nah? Well, I mean, I say that every time now, just because <laughs> I have to. It's, there's no, there's no, there's no choice. I don't have a choice anymore. It's not even up to me anymore. Um, but I'm actually with SK more than anyone. I think um, where it's like happy but reserved um, because they're definitely going to overlook a lot of stuff for sure. Like I, I just, you just know. Um, and you're right, though. At the same time, it's like they've always they've been afraid to take risks and like. People make jokes about them like getting bullied into like releasing the mercy skins early, but like it kind of does happen, and so no, like, you kind of right, use does. that as evidence. Is like there's other stuff, and I think even the health pool, uh, the health increase is an example of that, um, because I, as we, I've talked to you guys before, and you know I, I've done videos and whatnot about it before. I was a big proponent of there just needed to be global damage and healing nerfs. Like, not DPS, but, like, tank damage, DPS damage, support damage, and then healing across the board. Because, like, it's just power creep, right? And I, and I would say that, like, Freedom is right about it is getting rid of power creep, but, like, not in the... It's, like, it's almost like uh, power creep, but in a different... Like, uh, like, we just moved everybody forward, right? Instead of moving everybody back in, like, the perception of state, like everyone gets nerfed and it's like oh god they nerfed my character ah! they just moved everyone's health up so like indirectly there's fuck tons of nerfs actually um i mean obviously we don't know like until actual numbers come out but like theoretically like it should take more bullets to kill whatever target which would be a nerf um and so they they circumvented that by giving more health instead of nerfing all the damage and healing of all the characters um so, like, as you're kind of saying, it's like they're afraid of reactions, and that's kind of my personal opinions. I, I'm not a huge fan of of giving everybody extra health. I think it should have been everybody came down instead of health goes up, but it accomplishes the same thing. So, I, you know, it's just like a, I guess, preference type of thing. Um, but I hope that they make changes quickly if needed. 
Hello guys, SCP here and the Goop Up podcast is back and I'd like to take just 30 seconds of your time to talk to you about two quick things. Firstly, Patreon. If you enjoy the content, then please do consider supporting directly because Patreon takes only about 10% of the money you give, where YouTube and Twitch take 40 and 50% respectively. So if you'd like to support the podcast, then that is the best way to do so. Secondly, if you're someone who enjoys video essays or detailed analysis of movies, TV, or anime, then please do check out my second channel, The Soak, where I'll be making videos about those kind of topics much more frequently and where a lot of my attention will go beyond just Overwatch. It would mean the absolute world to me if you guys would check it out. But that's it for now. Let's head back to the discussion. Yeah, I, I think I think to your point, I think it's probably an ease of access thing because it's probably easier to bump everyone's health up than try and reduce everyone's specific damage because that's like a lot more granular, right? And I think that this is in many ways heavy-handed. I feel like in many ways it both is typical but not typical of the way they've handled it. So as you guys have pointed out, they have been often averse to risk and I do feel in general the Overwatch 2 team has been a bit more afraid of its community. Like we're, they're almost a little bit afraid of like how we're going to react to things. And they kind of want to make sure that we're happy before they kind of tentatively wade into the waters. But in many ways, the, the one negative I'll give about this, I'm also optimistic and, and excited. But the negative is that it is heavy handed in the way other things have been like the, like the passives in the first place, right? It's kind of like, oh, well, everyone has a role passive. Well, but does it help everyone equally? Like does this character in the role need it? Or does that character in the role need it? This one benefits a lot more than the other one. And so it's like this blanket approach, like they all do this. And this is a similar idea where it's like, everything is bigger, everyone's health pool is bigger. And it it's going to have huge ramifications. Like it's going to have, like we can't even comprehend what it's going to be like. It's going to take months probably of like playing before you're like, okay, now I understand that this is the power level of these heroes. So it's very heavy handed in this, you know, to use, if I was using a negative word, I'd say it's clumsy. But despite saying that, I'm really glad they're doing it because I think that like, I think we've been on the podcast and we've spoken about how like sometimes it just gets boring. Like it's just not a lot different about Overwatch from season to season. And like there's not a lot to come back to often. Like a new hero like often gets grading. Like Mauga got grading very fast. And if you're not playing that hero yourself, you're kind of getting bored of that hero appearing everywhere. So like the balance sheets are never that radical. So it just feels like for many players, there's been a real boredom setting in. So I I'm all for a world where we kind of throw it into some chaos and... As, even if it's bad, I don't really care because we can kind of go from there. But at least it's something different. It's something fresh. It's something to experiment for all of us. And I think that's welcome in Overwatch. Anyone want to vibe off something real quick before we dive in a bit deeper? Yeah, really quick. On the, You were talking about like the passives and whatnot. Um, I think that even happened with previously. Like with Hanzo is a good example, right? Where what, what does reload speed do for Hanzo? Uh, and I think there's a lot to probably be said about the the upcoming ones, and we can probably go deeper about it. But you know, even like the global healing uh, passive, you know, for something like tanks where you can't be out of a fight for more than two three seconds, uh, that's probably not going to help you at all. But for like a sombra or tracer or something like that, it's probably going to help you a lot. Yeah, variable effects for variable heroes. Frito, SK, you want anything to add before we kind of dive into this particulars? Yeah, I'll, I'll make um, Babe Ruth. Uh, call uh, point to the uh, outfield, I guess. I think the it's safe to say that this will be less balanced and then more balanceable over time. That's what I think. Because it's such a transformative change to how everything functions. Even if, in theory, the game was balanced, we as the community would not be good enough at this version of the game to know what the heck's going on. This is way, way too different. People coming out with tier lists already, and I'm like, bro, like, there's just no way. You, you have any idea how any character functions and wins or loses based on 
all the hitboxes hit easier. So it's like, and they have more health. Time to kill is uh, kind of getting powered down. That's kind of what uh, Flats was describing, really, is the time to kill is what matters at the end of the day, not necessarily what the numbers are. And if you played especially like early days, days of Overwatch 1, back before there was any such thing as like i don't know healing amp like that didn't exist there well, well actually no it was it was a lucio ability but i mean like on a healing heal nade amp or or ways to amplify healing or immortality abilities or big aoe healing there was a there was an era in overwatch that only few people nowadays probably still remember where the most healing you could get was like a mercy beam. And so overwhelming um, on one target was a very common thing. If you had focus fire on something that was being healed by a mercy, you could always beat it. But now it's sort of baked into the game that the DPS can leverage that focus fire ability with the new DPS passive and kind of get that effect. Um, I like the route they're going because it's an added layer of complexity on top of the game that will kind of reduce the results of the, those team fights to be similar in the flow like they were to a simpler time of Overwatch, which we cannot go back to. Like, it would be, uh, a lot of people wish we could just, like, delete half of the roster and just, like, oh, well, let's just have a simpler game all of a sudden. Well, um, short of hero bans, that's never going to happen. So they have to add these layers on top of it. So uh, D-Power Creep. Oh, the, the main thing I wanted to get across was my prediction is that it'll be far less balanced to start and then get more balanceable over time because this version of the game with the, the numbers tuning they can do, I think they can make it more streamlined for different skill tiers of play. They've had problems with characters like Sojourn and Kiriko who have small hit boxes, very nimble and mobile, but high skill ceiling with their own mobility as well as their aim. And with a more streamlined hitbox scenario across the whole board, that the big differences in aim skill won't be as severe. It'll still be severe, but you'll, I think they'll be able to balance those characters more reasonably for different skills, tiers of play. Whereas now you're in uh, GM and you access those characters. And prior to that, they're negative win rates across the board, which is a balancing nightmare for them, um, as we know. On top of that, of course, at the launch of the game, just about every single new player that came to Overwatch 2 was Bronze 5, as low as they could possibly be, which I don't think has happened to any other game launch in the history of FPS games, which <laughs> basically means zero other game sh shooter game experience prepared you for Overwatch. That's how drastic it was that you'd go to the bottom. Like, imagine that. Like, like if you, I, I've never played Apex. I feel like if I just jump into Apex, I'll be all right. You know what I mean? Like, but if you just jump into Overwatch, you get your ass handed to you. So they're trying to deal with uh, the onboarding player experience for like the long-term health of the game. And that, as you probably can tell, gets me excited. Yeah, I love an excited Frito, man. I love when you're excited and optimistic. You know, we, we, we've been here in the dark times when it's not been like that. So, SK, any, any thoughts from your end before, again, we get into nitty-gritty? Yes, I have a few thoughts. One is that, like, we're saying quick action is going to be very important, right? Like, if something is obscenely broken, then we need quick action. But it's also a very fine line because the player base, like, we're going to need time to actually figure out what is broken. I think a really good example of that is when Overwatch 2 dropped, everyone was complaining about how terrible Doomfist is. And then in Season 2, people got better at him with no buffs or anything. Or rather, he got a small buff, but people were also getting better, and he just became ridiculously broken. And then everyone was like, well, maybe Doom wasn't so bad in Season 1. Maybe it was just us. It's like, I, I do not envy the devs that have to figure out what sort of quick actions they need to make, because, I mean, we have to figure it out. They have to figure it out. 
Um, but overall, I think the chaos is going to be very good. I think the reason that Overwatch 1, like season 2, everyone speaks so highly of it is because we hadn't figured out the game yet. Like, everyone sucked. <laughs> there was no meta that everyone was hard locking. Everyone had no idea what was going on. And it was just really fun because of that. So I'm all for changes like this. I think Flats is, for in, in, is itching for an interjection there about the Doomfist. Yeah, because Doom got like 10 buffs in the start of Season 2, but they walked Did it he? back. Yeah, they walked it back before, because he was he was dominating. He, they gave him 10 buffs yeah. in a row, and then it was right before Christmas, and they were going on holiday. So they said, well, we can't leave you guys with a broken Doomfist for a month, so they took it all away. And so like yeah. that's when Doomfist went back, and then that's when people started kind of figuring him out. And then they buffed Ramatra. And then Ramatra got the 20% speed buff. And then it was Ramatra meta for like a month at that point. So like that, that was just, that was around that time. But you're right though. Like people hadn't totally figured it out yet, but, but, but Doomfist was like, there was a time there where he was dominating and they had to like take away everything. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I, what I was trying to say is that like, everyone thought Doom was so bad when he wasn't actually so bad, which caused them to give him 10 buffs and make him completely dominate when really it was just like, we're not that good at Doom, and he was actually good the whole time. He never needed those buffs. Yeah, and then they made him even worse than he was before. Yeah, your your fundamental point stands, which is basically that you know there are heroes or situations that we we need time to figure out before we really understand the potential of them. So you know whether that Doomfist yeah. example is specifically correct or not, it's like irrelevant to the point, which is that yeah, it takes time to figure shit out. And also, Overwatch is at its most fun when we don't know what's going on, like when we are fresh to the game and we are like. Oh, oh shit that does that okay crap I, I play this matchup like this oh shit okay okay that's always i think been the most fun and we'll hopefully look forward to that happening at the start of season nine I, unfortunately i won't be here to play it i'm i got my brother's wedding to go to i'm going tomorrow so i'm gonna be gone Ooh. for a week uh, so so are you guys enjoy without me right let me know how bring it your is switch <laughs> probably yeah i probably need to bring <laughs> some entertainment I, I yeah i got research i want to do for some videos but anyways let's then discuss the nitty-gritty We'll start with, I think, the projectile size changes. Uh, the like, I'm looking at the blog, and obviously the comp stuff is first, but I think the more new news to us is some of this other stuff about the projectile and the, and the health pool. So let's let's just quickly summarize uh, what it is. So it says, it's very complicatedly phrased. Like, Frito's correct in that, like, who really, as a, like a normal player, looks at this and is like, ah, you know, I understand what exactly this is going to do to the game. Like, it's just like... Uh, no point not five meters for a hit scan. No point not eight for hit scan projectiles that are more precise. Like no point no five time travel projectiles, which Mike Chat was con like conflicted on whether that's the speed of the projectiles or the size of the projectiles. I don't know if any of you have like a hundred percent confirmation on which it is. Hit is box. it the? It's, it's speed. The, 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 oh, <laughs> see, look, already we have got the divide. Damn, I'm wrong. Wait, hold up. Because <laughs> it says here well, travel time. You remember that Metro went viral with this, showing this. Just go to the training range. I can be this much off the target and it still hits. And I can be this much off the target and it still hits. That's what you need to show us. Like, the visualization right. of yeah. this is all that matters. And it, the numbers, I can't extrapolate and imagine. In either case, I'm almost certain it's the, the size of the projectile hitbox. Because there's the character, like, hurt box. And then there's the projectile size itself. And those two collide and then they make a connection. So all of that is becoming more forgiving. I do know that's the case. Like maybe they also increase the speed, so I'm a little confused. But no, but we're both right. They're they're upping the size, but for the when when we're talking about like the difference in size that they're upping, they're upping it more for slower speed projectiles and less for higher speed projectiles. So 
We were both saying the same thing, basically. Ah. Basically, stuff hit more is the, is the TLDR of, <laughs> of this patch. Yeah. Shit, shit will hit more. You're going to connect with things more often. So I want to I lead with a potentially spicy question because as with some news like this comes up, people's takes always go like one end or the other. And I've seen a lot of people complain that this is like breaking the skill ceiling of Overwatch, dumbing down the game. It's making it like easy peasy. Please bring Overwatch back to when it actually requires skill. So I'm curious what you guys think. I'm going to go to SK first on this. SK, is this the dumbing down of Overwatch? Is it making it too easy? Um, You know, I still haven't really worked through it in my head. I, like on the one hand, I want to be elitist. <laughs> but on the other, I mean, it can be a really good thing too. I, I talked about this a little bit before, but like the experiences between like top 500 and I don't know, the metal ranks. I think Widow is a great example. The experience is very different. Like when, when we complain about Widow, it's very easy as a metal rank to say like skill issue, like just go Tracer, just go Lucio and shoot her in the face. But like when I'm playing against an Overwatch League Widowmaker and I'm flying at Mach 10, like spinning my head hitbox around like crazy and she still consistently hits my face. There's just, that's a completely different experience and, and making the shots easier to hit, I suppose would bring that experience closer together but also like it's really cool when people hit crazy shots like that it's it's really cool when things are really difficult and you see people who are just insane at doing it i don't know i i guess i'll have to we'll just have to see how how easy it is to hit things now because yeah i don't know i'm 50 50 on it Lats, where do you fall on the fence so I mean, off of that example, I think it's really cool when that happens because, like, you're obviously extremely talented on something like Lucio, right? Like, mechanically, like, able to 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 do all that, but that you still get headshot. Um, yeah. I would argue if it's a bigger one and it's still, you know, a one-shot, wouldn't, honestly, it, would, it wouldn't happen as infrequently as it does. Like, obviously, you bump into, like, an Overwatch League player, it's different. But when it's just, like, some ladder player who can also now do that because, like, now it's easier to hit those shots. Um, I, I, I'd be a little bit worried about that um, because I think for the 99.9% .9 of the player base, it's a good change. Even even like 95, right? Like, you, you know, you're talking like, you know, maybe like masters above like high diamond, like people who really take the game seriously, even if they're not that top, top level yet. For most people, it's going to feel really good for them um, because they're going to feel like they're accomplishing something. They're going to feel like they're, uh, able to like do something more um which is not exactly like a like a bad thing uh but at the same time though i look at something like you know we were talking earlier about like ad80 strafing like i think ad80 strafing is a skill um because if you look at any silver or gold player that tr you tell it to try to tell them to have good movement they fucking move like two inches to the left and the right because they're spamming their a and d key as fast as they can and it's like that's not what ad80 strafing is like you have to have like some like fluidity fluidity to the movement like you go like a little bit further to the left and like a little bit to the right then a little further to the left and way to the right you know what i mean and it's like enough to like kind of like throw off what they're uh they're looking for um because otherwise like if you're you're not moving your hitbox enough and that's something you learn with experience with time um and so i'm not saying like it's necessarily like oh it's dumbing the game down i don't think that at all i just think that there's definitely uh, certain things that will become problems because like if you say widowmaker still can headshot you right and she let's say it's significantly easier to to hit a headshot now because it's the projectile is bigger you know like 
is that gonna is that make people hate widow more does that mean you got to play the counter swap game faster because you don't gotta you gotta you gotta get that widow out of the game as fast as possible um that kind of stuff is i think we won't know we literally have no clue until we we get to see it so it's hard to speculate on um but i'm a little bit more i would say i'm probably more on the pessimistic side of that of like oh boy like you know the whole point of these changes is to make it so you're like less explodey and like you feel like you have impact but if you're hitting more shots you kind of like you're not exploding as fast because you have more health but you're getting more damage because you're getting hit more often and i i kind of wonder like is there even going to be a trade-off at that point um especially as a tank player you know my head hitbox is already big enough um if i'm peeking corners and just getting headshot constantly is 100 extra HP really going to matter? I don't know. So we'll see. Mm. Question then I shall pose to Frito. Is it is that 100 HP going to matter? Is it going to compensate enough for this to feel better overall for the player base? Um. Okay. I'm going to make a, another wild prediction that we will um, watch in the coming weeks. Most people that I think have a really high-level opinion about this their first go-to assumption is that hitscan is more dominant now in this new paradigm of the game. I think I'm the only one who thinks what I'm about to say next, and I think actually projectiles have we're going to have the most surprising playstyle difference in this new version of the game, not hitscan. Because at high enough skill tiers, the situation SK is describing where just playing Lucio, and I know this, going up against contenders pros in scrims and stuff, thinking I'm like, wow, my Lucio movement's really good. And then the guy just like spins in a circle, hits me in the head anyway. I'm the, the hitbox that I'm trying to bend down in the middle of the screen. And the, like, it doesn't matter. He still hits it anyway. Those players at that skill level hit those shots normally. That's like an expected play that they should make unless you do something very ridiculous or you wind up on reddit because you know oh this great aiming player whiffed for 30 seconds what a anomaly right and we're all impressed when they they don't hit the shot we kind of expect them to hit these crazy shots at uh high skill tiers of play so in my opinion that being more reliable isn't going to be the shocking thing the shocking thing is your shots hitting the widow being more reliable of how forgiving those are especially on projectiles which prior to this change, had a much bigger degree of uh, praying involved of, gee, I hope they walk into this next projectile. Now, with that being bigger, your shots, your accuracy was going to feel a lot higher than before, I theorize. Uh, and that's going to utterly change your ability to take those engagements. Now, what I'm describing here, I'm not exactly sure which area of the skill curve that'll be more prominent, but somebody's going to feel that. Probably in the middle tiers more so, because I already think projectiles were easier for them to begin with because you can spam more and aim less. I mean, that's kind of kind of the truth of it. Everybody knows what spamzo is for a reason. Like, oh, down the logging down the lane, not like getting lucky, essentially. Now, and I'll, I'll go further with that, a character like Genji, for example, the distance control you have on his alternate fire in order to hit two projectiles at like a medium range now is also expanded. So there's a lot of characters like that, especially ones that have spread on their projectile, characters that are make or break on their time to kill hitting, like Farah hitting two projectiles. 
that being easier means all of a sudden those combo plays are much more reliable for far more percentage of players that before maybe never even hit those plays in their career. Um, I think like the higher tier players know how to do this. You can see the difference of like a skill tier of a Genji that knows exactly how to get up it up in somebody's grill and think, think, and then, you know, do the assassination and get out. And that's why Genji's like one of the best smurfing characters in the game, because they access an entirely new play style that nobody's ever seen before at that rank, because everyone else is just blade bots and kind of vaguely stays at a distance. As soon as you access that skills, skill, uh, ceiling play, then all of a sudden you're dashing through everybody and you kind of snowball from there. Things like that are going to be unlocked in this new version of the game, in my opinion. And, that will be the surprising thing. Not that hit scans can hit shots because hit scans always could hit shots. They, they hit shots before. It's, it's more reliable, yes, but in that exchange, and I think also as well, when we talk about time to kill, to me anyway, I think projectiles have the, um, when you look at the numbers of what they can do, they have a more surprising time to kill like on average, if in theory their shots hit. Whereas hit scans have the most impressive time to kill, but it's like modified because they need to hit criticals. So in cases where they hit criticals, they'll still win. But in terms of like the reliable time to kill on targets with more health, I think projectiles will be surprising. Now, perhaps all of this theory crafting will go to waste in two weeks and I'll look like uh, I should probably have not slept in math class. But that that's my theory. And it seems to be no one agrees with me on that. But um, I don't know. I'm interested to see if that pans out. That's how it would feel to me personally. SK, I'll, I'll take it to you because you you play a lot of projectile heroes. You know, I I can talk a little bit about Junkrat in a moment, but you you know you play Junkrat, you play Lucio as well, so you know more than most how it feels when you're shooting projectiles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I honestly didn't even think of that. Um, Lucio, I was I was just thinking as Frida was talking, like Lucio is gonna be a lot more fun. <laughs> He's already I feel like one of the hardest heroes to aim on. Because of just because of how slow the projectile is, and it being slightly bigger, I mean, that is gonna make a world of difference. Like, I'd say like eighty percent of the time on Lucio, you're just spamming in the direction of the enemy, and if the target's bigger, like if your shot's bigger, it's it's gonna hit so much more. Like weapon accuracy is probably gonna go up. Like a really good Lucio weapon accuracy, anywhere from twenty to thirty percent. Thirty percent being like you're him, like you're the god on Lucio, and I think like. With this change, I don't know. It might be hitting 30% every game. It sounds crazy. Especially because the slowest projectiles get the biggest buff for how much bigger they're going to be. That's true. Except, sadly, Fire Strike flats. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, how do you feel he about... He's getting the, fucked. <laughs> how do you feel about what Frito suggested there? Like, is there... You know, do you, do you agree with that, potentially? I mean, we're all theory crafting, but... Yeah, it's just theory. I mean, it's theory crafting. It's... The thing is, is though, is like... If I'm if I'm gonna keep it, you know, keep it a buck with you, uh, I think these changes are gonna be extremely good for supports and DPS. But tank just loses again, like real talk. Like you're, you know what I mean? Like uh, even even like if with, let's let's talk like talk passives, right? Like really fast, just talking about like the DPS passive. I think the DPS passive is gonna be insane. Like it's gonna be DPS feasting everywhere um, because you can cut through like the damn. You can cut through healing now, right? Right? Like and you know even I don't know if you if you got to read the 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 dev blog from from Aaron. And he actually said something that I never thought of before, and I thought it was so smart. Um, basically, what he was alluding to was with the new DPS passive is that it will force supports to use their cooldowns sooner. 
because like you can't pocket them through it. So like for example, Susie, right? Like if your DPS is one v oneing someone and you're on carry, you could just keep healing them, healing them. You ain't killing them, dude. But now that healing won't be enough, so you have to use a Suzu sooner. Which means that if they have a Junker Queen, you know they have ult. You can't sit there with your Suzu for two and a half minutes just waiting for it. Which means that they're gonna have to make the decision: Do I Suzu and save my teammate, or do I save it for this thing later? That's really cool. But on the tank end, you you're not doing an extra damage or anything like that. You're gonna you're just gonna suffer. So point is coming all back around with the projectile increases um you know obviously it depends on on how far that extends obviously fire strike and javelin don't get hit um with it i would assume like i don't know if it's like sigmas like spheres might probably won't get hit either with it because i'm thinking like the really the really big ones um but at the same time though uh you're just gonna you're probably still gonna be you're gonna take more damage than you were before right like or not more damage but like about the same as you were before um you just won't like explode like it won't be burst it just like it's gonna be depending on like how many people are shooting at you you'll still get bursted you're just gonna get hit by multiple people but it also feels like you're probably your kill potential is not gonna be there either um because like if you're a tank you don't have that 20 percent healing reduction if you're trying to fight a support and they're healing each other it's gonna be the same thing as right now if not worse because they have extra health now right so you have that uh, plus the ability you're probably going to be getting hit more often. I'm worried that it would end up being a situation where you might be slightly tankier, but you can't do anything. You're not that threat. You're not threatening anymore. So, all, all you know, talking about like being able to get hit more and often and whatnot, it's, it, you know, I, I, I think it's still too early to say. Um, but at least for tank, I'm going to go on a bit of a limb here. And I say that it's probably going to be the biggest loser uh, of, of the three roles. And I also think that, um, obviously, it, it's hard to say until like, we know what things get hit with it, but most tank abilities are not that difficult to land. Other than, like, Junker Queen Knife, I would say is, like, a little bit more difficult, right? Junker Queen's left click, not hard. Carnage, not hard. Ryan Swings, come on now. Arista left click, come on now. Like, Sigma left click maybe is a little bit difficult, depending, but half the time you're either shooting at their tank or whatever. Hog left click's not that, you know, not that hard to hit um zarya beam is not hard to hit uh trying to think of anything else off the top of my head but like you get the ideas like this these projectile changes aren't going to really affect your ability to hit players on tank maybe it will help with like something like kiriko right where you have like a super small hitbox maybe but then they also have extra health so it's mitigated so i think it's i think it's too early i just the only the only real strong opinion i have at the moment is i just think tank is probably going to lose big time yeah, again, it goes back to the in near infinite ramifications that we'll have. Because as you said, you know, okay, well, supports will have to use their cooldown sooner. But if you're in this 1v1 situation and, and the time to kill is slower, then the cooldowns come up more. So, you know, if you're dueling a Kiriko, she has, like, more time to get another Suzu out. So it's like maybe, or maybe step out, like maybe, you know, the window of, like, six seconds before you know she's going to step out again is longer now. And so... She might have used it two seconds ago, and the four seconds is about to take you to kill her. Oop, she's gone now. So it's really hard to know whether, like, exactly what effect it will have. But you're right. I, I think you're right to earmark that there's a potential for this to hurt. Like, uh, reading it on paper as well, I also was like, I feel like tanks suffer the most from this. And we'll talk about the passive in a second. I think just to quickly round out the idea that we started with about lowering the skill ceiling of Overwatch. I feel like people gotta ease up, man. Ease the fuck up. Like... Overwatch is not some sort of holy trinity of a game. Like, I don't think Overwatch is, like... It's not the ultimate peak esports experience. And I don't think it really ever has been. Like, it's never been trying to be 
fucking 1v1 chess me, bro. You know, it's not like the ultimate battle of, of skill and testament to that. It's, ult you know, more so in Overwatch 2, it's there to, to be played and have fun with. I understand the players who play at the highest level wanting it to be competitive. But at the end of the day, it's mostly a game to have fun on. And if this change ultimately makes it more fun for more people, I'm okay with it. I know that's like a taboo thing to say because we should only be like, no, no, make it a hardcore experience, only hardcore. But man, if you want a hardcore experience, you're in the wrong fucking game, bro. Like, you're in the wrong fucking game if you want to absolutely challenge yourself. And I do think that we undersell, like, how difficult it is compared to other games to, like, actually hit stuff. Like, the reason they're doing this is because, yes, like, Counter-Strike and Valorant have, like, this really, you know, like, oh, shit, I really need to hit my shots. But at least the shots are more predictable. Like, you know, you're gonna, they're, like, come from certain angles, certain corners. They're all at the same head height. The craziness, of, like, the wacky bouncing of Overwatch, everyone's flying around, doing this, that, the other. Compensating for that for some way, I think... Is okay. I'm not saying this is like the greatest change of all time, but I can understand the rationale of it. And again, I think we're there, we're in a danger of like only speaking to ourselves. You know, that's the nature of an echo chamber, is right? We're in a danger of like all our top 500 friends coming together and being like, "This sucks, man." But then it's like someone in silver who's like, "Yo, man, I, this actually feels a lot better to play." Like maybe the feeling of playing Overwatch will be a lot more satisfying and, and that leads to more people playing, which ultimately is a win for everyone, I think. If more people are enjoying Overwatch, that's a bigger win than trying to preserve some ideology of like how hardcore it should be. So any thoughts on any of that before we move on? I have so many thoughts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, give him, give I, I want to address what you said first. Okay, competitive integrity. I think it does, or like, not competitive integrity, but like the competitiveness Overwatch does need that. And and I think it's a really great thing. And the pro scene, especially like what I'm trying to say is that like this change is not going to take away from the competitiveness. I, I don't think there's anyone in the world that hits every shot. Like nobody is at the skill ceiling of aim, so to speak. And like, this change will even make people who are the best in the world at aiming hit more shots. Like, sure, there are some times where they hit everything, but it's not all the time. It, if anything, it'll make them more consistent. So I don't think this change actually does take away from their competitiveness. It might make some plays seem less cool, but I, I feel like that's the only sort of impact in this way. And then for for the tank thing, tank is definitely the biggest loser here. Like, like it's going to be rough. And I have a few like i guess like things to think about like how much are they going to lose like for example heroes like roadhog like it's really hard to miss on roadhog how much is a big like a slightly bigger projectile going to change when you're shooting at the hog like i feel like he'll take almost the same amount of shots that he would normally um and then for tanks that are really good i think like sigma is going to be insane here right tanks that have invulnerability that that removes the dps passive like sigma grass means you just literally can't take any damage versus heroes that just have huge health pools like wrecking ball roadhog ryan they're all going to suffer really hard from this but heroes like sig may not get touched as much because he has a shield and he has grasp and then um i guess that's it that's all i got yeah, again, just keeps it, every time we mention a new thing, it just reminds you of like, oh shit, there's like 10. Yeah, there's a million things to think about. Yeah, 10 things we haven't thought about. 
Let, let's let's get on before we move on. Yeah, go ahead. Bullet points. Uh, some fun facts for you. We all think Kiriko has insane headshot damage. They did nerf that down a ways back, but it's 112 for a headshot on Kiriko. Uh, and just talking about like projectiles, way old point, but Lucio does 20 damage per shot in a four round volley. Uh, so that's 80 damage potentially. And if you were to hit all headshots with one volley, that's 160 damage it, it, on a support character, right? And that normally doesn't look so impressive because you have to lead it so carefully, but with it landing more often, that as a play is going to exist more. That's one example of a shocking like number amount on a character we would consider to have like medium damage, let's say. Um, to the skill ceiling point, my argument is um, I, I played CSGO for many years, like thousands of hours. And then I we eventually moved on to Overwatch, of course, but in the middle of that, we made a channel dedicated to Valorant that did pretty well while we had time to do it. And Valorant um, has much bigger hitboxes than CSGO, where everything's more reliable, heads are just popping left and right, and it's a more fun game overall, in my opinion, and I think this moves the game in the in the same direction. So, yes, it's more reliable, but nobody sits there playing Valorant really and like, wow, wow, this is a kiddie game. Like, I mean, some people do, I guess, but that's not like the consensus. The consensus is it's still a competitive game. And to the tank point, I wanted to say that while I agree the on-paper stats aren't looking good for tank for, like, a long list of reasons, I think there's one devil's advocate point I will make in the tank's favor in that the strategy of the engagement selection of the game is getting an extra layer more interesting. So the previous version of the game typically would be played anchoring the front line, supports do everything, DPS do almost nothing. And the DPS should hide like little scared babies, more or less, most of the time. And if they're out of position, they die and get targeted instantly. Now that DPS have a very useful passive, possibly the most powerful passive, actually. Like, I, I, I don't think that's a stretch in saying, because all healing gets nerfed. So if we thought that the self-healing passive was OP on supports before, well, the one that, like, cuts healing out entirely, forcing cooldowns to be used earlier, et cetera, et cetera, has the potential to be, like, the thing that moves the game always. Because of that, tanks setting up their damage and playing around their damage almost in the same way that you would need to play around your supports before would be a added strategical uh, advantage to good tank play because a very important uh, argument made by one of my uh, favorite pros of all time, Hawk, would describe the inability to create a skill gap from one tank to the other, spe specifically on one of my favorite heroes, which he doesn't like the mirror of so much, but uh, Ramatra, when you get so high, it's like the you hit all your abilities, everyone's just mirroring the same thing. It's like both tanks, their skill expression is basically the same because the correct route in the course of a team fight is so obvious and also kind of easy because the skill at that tier, like they could have aimed it better if everything was harder. Now they're actually making that easier in a way. But I think from a strategy point of view, having the awareness to target with your damage is a new thing that you'll be able to do because... Um, it's not going to be like the damage or hiding as they were in the previous version of the game. They're going to have the most useful teamwork um, ability in the neutral always. So you setting them up has an added layer of like complexity. Whereas before, a lot of times, especially like in MAGA meta, it was just sort of like, which tank hides the best? Oh boy, I can run away forever and you can't stop me. And the, that was tank gameplay in a nutshell. Which, which tank could hide the best? And 
everybody hates that. What we like is being able to structure an engagement. One of the strongest uh, arguments against the 5v5 change, which essentially just put a giga brawler in front to kind of vaguely soak damage. So I, I see an avenue that tank gameplay can improve from this new version of the game, essentially. Yeah, I, lo I love that you got so passionate that your background shook for a minute. It was like, ah, tanks, let's go. Um, but I, I agree. Was Maga that... running, I think. He, he, <laughs> he slammed down That's and true. the whole camera shook. That's true. That's true. I think. I think. You know. I think your m multiple points there that are, are really salient. I think. I mean. I, I wanted to go back to the Valorant point because I think that it's a great point, which is that maybe people who play CS:GO would view Valorant as like easy game, bigger hitboxes, more shooting. But for the vast majority of the gaming community, they're like, well, Valorant's a fun game. I don't give a shit, and it, it treads the line that it needs to tread in the sense that it attracts the audience it needs to attract. The people who are looking for a fun game that's not CS:GO, a little bit more bright, a little bit more colorful, but still competitive. And and I think Overwatch similarly can and should try to tread that same path of like what its target audience is which is probably like less competitive than valorant but you know not the most casual game either it's still like a serious quote-unquote game and to your point about you know the tanks not needing to hide let's let's we'll talk to the dps passive in a second but essentially it's like a discord orb now right like what you're talking about is like kind of following the discord orb is like that was like a thing that you would do back in the day of like oh there's a discord orb on a guy target focus him like we're you know the zen has to call out who he's orbing in a, in a much less easy to parse way we now have the dps essentially putting a budget discord orb on it on usually the tank and now the healing is cut which i'm sure flats is dying to say how this is just fucking tanks even more but let's talk i'll just cite the passives and the changes that are coming and then we can get into what it means so the, all heroes have a passive now that they passively regenerate 20 health per second after not taking damage for 5 seconds. Which I think is a lot longer than people anticipated when they first heard about the change. I think that's it's a really long time. Um, damage roll passive now reduces the target's healing received by 20%. Uh, and then the support roll passive will now begin regenerating after 2.5 seconds. So I think 0.5 seconds longer and the tank passive remains the same. So Flats, you, you take me first about, yeah, just, just the experience of tank and this DPS passive. And so, and there's so much happening right now on my end. This is wild. Um, so I, I, I kind of think about like what you're saying, like the whole Discord orb thing. Um, and it's like, I wonder if that means Focus Fire is going to be obviously a lot more powerful now which is a good thing, right? Like, focus fire is good. Um, but unfortunately, when you when you live in a world where there's only one tank, uh, focus fire uh, can't doesn't really go a lot other places unless, like, everybody's spread out playing Team Deathmatch, um, which happens a lot in Overwatch. Um, you know, but uh, it's, it's still so soon. It's still early. It's still so early, so who no really knows? I think Freedom made some good points um, before talking about like his his view on tank and you know I, I i could see a little bit of that um but yeah it's i i want i want to say this i think that it's great that they did this that these changes were made shake up the game like no matter what it'll probably be very much like the start of watch 2 right where it's just fucking fun for like two three months period and then we'll all see the problems and everyone's gonna lose it like <laughs> that's what's gonna happen um, but uh, that's what we need because the game is just fucking boring right now. Uh, and I think most AAA titles are realizing that and even Apex, which is launching a patch the day before the Overwatch patch, uh, in which they are, uh, and now they are introducing skill trees 
into their into their game. Um, if, you, if you didn't see that, it's actually very funny. Uh, but it's it's cool at the same time because there's lots of characters in Apex that have been like broken over the years. Like you had like your Octane meta, you had your Wraith meta, you know, like certain things. You can actually like rebuild those old broken characters as long as you level up your armor. In which the way you level up your armor now is by doing damage and by getting kills and and playing well. So you get rewarded for playing well and it gets people to 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 want to play more. Um, and apparently, you know, most people are super excited for it. And I think Overwatch could be the same way. Um, but it's still so early. And, you know, Frida, you alluded to this at the beginning of the of of the of the podcast. It's criminal how little they've they've shown that off because circling back and talking about the projectile sizes no nobody fucking knows what 0.05 increases like show me a goddamn video of like what the difference is and that's what gets people hype and get people excited or scared um which is probably the true answer they're probably more scared uh than anything but uh i mean i don't really have anything too strong about dps passive versus tank until i get to honestly play it um but same thoughts before, just worried that Tank is going to get the shit out of the stick again. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that if they had shown, like, look, your shots are going to hit easier, and like a visual demonstration, people would have lost their fucking shit. They would have been like, oh, they're making it easier, Ray. But I do think it's amusing that <laughs> when Overwatch 2 launched, everyone shit on it as like, a, this is such a dumb, bad idea. And now we've watched like the rest of the industry just like do Overwatch 2 again. Which is like, we've had a CSGO 2, Apex now has skill trees, and like, probably Valorant in a couple of years is going to do some sort of like, we have a PvE now, by the way. Like some, you know, this is going to, the, the cycle will repeat. But yeah, okay, SK, you talk to me now about the passives and what impact you speculate they're going to have. Shoot, I have no idea. I mean, the, I guess, like, I don't really have anything intricate beyond, like, the DPS passive is going to make DPS insanely good and probably insanely fun. The support passive needed a nerf. Um, the healing for everyone, I mean, I really don't know how that'll affect anything. I, I don't think anyone can know until they play it. Like, five seconds and then 20 healing per second after. I think it really only applies for flankers in between fights, but if it's only applying between fights, then that doesn't really do anything, because supports between fights are going to want to heal people for the old charge. And then, well, yeah, tanks are getting shafted. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're going to be seeing, like, I, I don't know, we might be seeing a world where, like, only Sigma is playable or something. Again. <laughs> well. I just can't imagine. I don't know. So much of this patch is just, like, we can sit here and threecraft all day, but like, none of us are probably gonna be right. Like, no one will know until we play it. No, we will definitely be wrong, and someone out there will clip us and bring this up. Probably bad, Pachimari. I know you're watching, you fucker. Like, stop clipping us and bringing it back. Biggest so, hater. Big absolute he hater. my team every time. Absolute hater. Or, professional hater. Please stop. Um. I'll 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 throw in a a hot take that'll that'll bite me in the ass. I, I don't want to leave Fritos the only one dropping out predictions. I think that the the healing passive thing is like almost irrelevant. Like it's almost irrelevant because like five seconds before you start healing, twenty healing per seconds. You know how long does it take you to heal fucking one hundred HP? Nine fucking seconds. Nine like no yeah, no ten ten, ten. fucking seconds. <laughs> ten even my mats is I'm molding so hard my mats out the window. 10 seconds to heal 100 HP is like 
I could have gotten a fucking mega. Like, there's never you're never 10 seconds away from yeah. a mega health pack. To go, like, to, and that's if you're not taking damage, right? If the idea is that you haven't taken damage for 10 seconds, I, I've heard some people say, like, well, maybe if you're a flanker, like, it'll start kicking in. If you've gone five seconds without someone hitting you and you're actively dueling as a flanker, like, you didn't need healing in the first place. Like, my guy, they don't have eyes. They haven't hit you for five seconds. Or if six, in the sixth second they hit you, you healed 20 HP and now that's it. Like, you got 20. Maybe in some very, like, 1% fringe duels, that 20 HP is the, like, is the difference between you dying and living, right? But realistically, how often is that happening where... Again, you're going five seconds in the middle of a fight, or if you stop fighting for five seconds, you're just useless, right? And again, if you needed like 100 HP back, which is going to be less than half of your health pool, and I remember everyone's getting more health. So to get 100 HP back, you were out of the fight for 10 seconds. That's a respawn timer. You were dead to get 100 HP back. So I feel like, and also for like tanks, it's completely irrelevant because like if you have yeah, 600 scale. Yeah, exactly, right? Like if you're 600 HP, getting 40 back... For AFKing for seven seconds, seven seconds you AFKed to get forty HP out of your six seven hundred HP pool. What the fuck was that even for, right? So it's like I feel like that passive is like near irrelevant, and will only the only thing I can seriously see it affecting is like the fight's over, your supports are dead, and you don't want to leave the cart to keep to get your to get a health back, right? You just like so you're like pushing the bot. Let's say it's push bot Coliseo. Your supports died. And if you, you know, you're down 100 HP, you'd have had to ordinarily leave, but you can just keep pushing and in five seconds, your passive kicks in. Like, that's, that's it. I don't, I don't see it affecting duels in any realistic way. Um, and with the DPS passive, I feel like it's another one of those where, like, some people are much bigger winners than others, right? It's just like, because uh, presumably any tag triggers the, the, the lack of healing. And I don't know exactly how long, I don't know if you guys have any deals of how long before the healing nerf cuts like how after someone tags how long after do they get full healing again does anyone know i don't think they said and i bet that's a number they would tweak like that's yeah, one so of the first things i would imagine they would tune if it's you know not working as intended right and and the, the like any hero with a spread is like shotgun you know not shotgun like a, a smg basically is vastly benefiting from this more than a hanzo does right poor hanzo man I'm sorry, Ark, that you never get a fucking passive no matter who you play, no matter what chains they make. You you never get a fucking passive. It was the fucking speed, which didn't help him. He was like, this is throwing my aim off. Then it was the reload, and it's like, I don't fucking reload. And now it's like, well, if you hit a guy for like 400 damage anyways, did you need him to have less healing than before? Um, so yeah, it just feels like it's... Which I'm not, you know, I'm not averse to it benefiting some heroes more than others, but another one of those, like, we slapped a passive down... And for some of the characters, it's like, you know, completely out of the picture. For some, it's like sort of helpful. And then like, if you're Sombra, it's one little, and that tank isn't healing, you know, like he's got a Discord on him for like, I don't know, five seconds, whatever the number that is going to be. So it feels like, you know, and, and I'm down for a world where we're going to have to figure all this out progressively, but it does feel like it's another can of worms that, as Flat said, is the likely outcome is that for two months, we're going to be like, yo. And then afterwards, we're going to be like, fucking dog shit. Sombra gets the fucking tag on me. I've got a Discord on me now. This is shit. She's hacking me. She's also virusing me. And like, I, I hate life. Uninstall. So there's my rant. Frito, I, I gave you some backup here. I, I threw some hot takes out. How do you feel about the the role passives? So the everyone getting self-heal. It, now it's even more funny to me. Your observation that Aaron 
self-clickbaited this whole self-heal thing because this is the one thing from this entire patch that they teased out and it's probably the most irrelevant thing out of everything like it's it's so irrelevant that these numbers um i will say though i think when you self-heal you probably do gain ult which is kind of interesting so there maybe there's some uh like if a moira self-heals she Gets old but they don't get it that, from like the passive, though, do they? They don't get it from the passive. I actually don't know this. I don't know this. Is this? Is this I am I don't. This my up? gut instinct, but I actually don't know either. Does anyone have confirmation of when the passive actually gives you ult? I don't think so. Does the support yeah, passive not. give okay. you ult charge? All right. So then it is ben benefit to uh, get your supports to heal you in between fight, even more so. Whatever. Either way, the the, the self heal thing is kind of a joke, and it's a, the, another joke for tanks because the the scaling of it. It, it starts to be kind of interesting with characters that go on little missions like Sombra, Tracer, that uh, maybe Genji all of a sudden now has like a way to play positions. Spawn trapping, because spawn trapping already was good for these characters. Now they can sustain and hide and crafty little uh, weasel positions waiting for a support to come out of spawn. Um, so that's going to be a thing. Let's see. Um, so there was a lot said about like our expectations for tank gameplay again in this i think with the with the passive specifically the, the dps passive i think i'm gonna say that my excitement for the improvement to tank gameplay would necessitate that a character like sigma wouldn't be good or not be meta defining let's say i'm not gonna say not good but isn't gonna be the be all end all because i think what they're trying to do is enable team shooting and engagement teamwork to matter all of a sudden again and my theory is it will so because of that i think we're going to be surprised at how viable targeting the backline all of a sudden is with the new breakpoints of a tank and dps targeting together into one of these backline characters that we have been conditioned to just assume, well, that life waiver is never going to be targetable. If he if he doesn't make a mistake, he can't die. So both of us just sort of like, we, we sit here, we wait, we can overwhelm him with ults. But if he plays correctly in the old version of the game, he just doesn't die, essentially. He's got to make a mistake. Whereas now, when I think back to some of the most historic dive duos of all time, like Gesture and Profit, just their synergy alone... Uh, focus firing into the backline won championships at some point, I'm sure. Um, and I think that is like a, a new layer of strategy. And tank, in theory, tank heroes that get DPS into position, because DPS are powerful. Before, again, bursty game, you had to survive high burst, uh, either by running away or contribute to high burst to have an opportunity to kill anything. So Sigma hides, has high burst in his ult, high burst with his combo. A viable character holds the front line, all of that. Now that DPS are actually very good just by targeting, target selection, tank, in theory, tank characters that enable getting them into position and focus fire with them should be a lot better than we've imagined them being in Overwatch 2 thus far. Because prior to this point, I would say it's pretty safe to say, and probably a big percentage of why Flats finds uh, the tank role miserable, because he's excellent at characters like Reinhardt and Winston, who feel like they're playing the old version of the game, and there's a new version of the game all around them, essentially. So their, their job is diminishing returns, and you're better off playing a tank character that has three extra cooldowns and higher burst damage rather than one that... Uh, works with the team. I, I think those teamwork tanks has, have a potential to be a lot better than before just based on utilizing the DPS passive because those cooldown-based tanks that are better at 5v5 anchoring in the front line 
aren't going to move as well, aren't going to support their DPS as well. And I think working together to go at that kind of tank's backline will be, uh, will have um, results, essentially. Because there was a time of the game where that was the case. It was before all the supports got the cooldowns, right? Before, before the, everybody got, all the supports got giga buffed to be able to like, I just have a magic spell where now I'm invulnerable. Ha ha ha. And just bounce away and Zen's got a kick and the Life Weaver's got a pedal you can't go through. So this will add that back to the game a little bit. Back to the, oh, you counter Orisa by diving her team. Like that's, I think that will reemerge a little bit. Hmm. I need to blow my nose over your back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just say really quick, why the fuck did they ever make that life weaver change? That shit was so dumb. The pedal. Oh, the the pedal being you can't. Post, it literally affected two characters, Ramatra and Ryan. Like you, they, they really, they were really fucking you up that bad. Like Jesus Christ. And, and maybe a Moira Cole, but yeah, I remember, I remember oh, yeah, vividly Colton. playing a game where I was Ramatra and I like that life weaver went up and I was like, I still punch you, buddy. And, I, and my chat was I like, I love making Yo, that play as well. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's hype. Cause it's like I know how this matchup works, and you don't. Like you, you, you're stupid, and like you thought you were safe, bitch. I'm, you're not. Um, yeah, it feels like a random thing to take out, but um, yeah. Any thoughts on more on the road passes before we move on to talking about the health situation? SK, welcome back. Any more thoughts on the road passes before we move on to health pools? Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, okay. go. Yeah, go. Uh I want to talk about Blizzard's communication because why did Aaron Keller mention only that and start a, a dumpster fire on Twitter? And like, I think the devs aren't aware of how badly they are viewed publicly and anything they, they say is misconstrued in a very hateful way. And then we see like 50,000 like tweets, which is complete misinformation, completely hating on Overwatch. Like... You should not have mentioned that passive without any other context. Like, I thought they were crazy, too. <laughs> well, but it's, it, the, the reason for that is because they're a big, slow company. Like, real talk. Yeah. Like, they're just, like, legitimately, like, that's it. Like, they're so afraid and so, like, like you, you talked about before, right? Like, they're afraid to do anything. Like, they're so mm -hmm. slow-moving. Like, oh, we don't want to show everything too quickly, but we also want to give them a taste. And so, like, that, like... It's so painful because they they're doing the right things now, but it's too slow. And I like I watched remember like remember Seagull's twenty twenty video, twenty twenty yeah. Overwatch. I went mm -hmm. back and watched that, and it's funny. All the things that were good we don't have anymore, and all the things that are bad are currently happening today. And it's like <laughs> you know one of the one of the biggest differences was between then and now is Jeff at the time for four months committed to doing patches every two weeks, and that was how they fixed it because they had patches so quick. Plus, there was no new heroes being put into the game. They're like everything balanced out and everything was playable. But we're old format where it's once a, once a month. It's so slow. And then when they communicate stuff, it's in their own Blizzard way. They're crawl, walk, run, fucking bullshit. Like, dude, you're crawling on, and then getting and then going to stand up and falling over because everyone's already finished the race, bro. Like, hurry up. Like, get on your feet. So it pisses me off too that I'm with you on that. On this subject, I think this is the worst they've communicated so far. Because the gap between the severity of these changes and how well they're expressing what it's going to do is so vast. It's like, they're just like, uh, yeah, it can, more connectivity, but it's, I, I don't know. The, the emotionality that you would get from everything connecting all the time and the feedback, like they should be selling the benefits of the playability of it. And I, I, we kind of said this earlier, but like, or maybe they're afraid of, 
showing the hitboxes are bigger now um, in a tweet or something. But I think there's a lot of players that would have gone to Overwatch and it was just a lot of moving parts. Like I'm thinking of Dr. Disrespect from years ago, who is like a decent COD player and can play some of those shooter games. It comes to Overwatch and it's like, he can't sync up with his team and he has no idea what's going on. He's trying to play Cassidy and shooting at range and nothing's dying. And he's like, he just doesn't get it, right? He just doesn't, doesn't get anything that's going on essentially. And I think this was an opportunity for them to be like, shooter fans, give this game a try and you will have fun this time, I promise. Like that's that's the impression they could be giving, but instead it's like a stat sheet of like, well, the projectile sizes are 0.05 bigger. I was like, well, what does that even mean? Well, well, the most diehard players in your game don't even know what that means. So like, how is how is the average shooter fan gonna know what that means? All right, anyway. You know what I think of to that, Frito? Is last time they oversold and underdelivered, And so they're not trying to oversell again. And it's like, I respect them, honestly, in a lot of ways for it. Because, like, even, real quick, remember the Winter Fair? The Winter Fair for uh, December? For, you know? Yeah. Um, it was the extra battle pass. The battle pass yeah. within the battle pass. Yeah. Right. Remember last year, actually, about this time, or around Christmas time, there was the, uh, it was Captain Reaper from Halloween, and then there was Bastion, there was, like, something else, too. And one of the biggest feedbacks people gave was I want to be able to choose what skins I want. Like, you shouldn't just give me one. And so they did that, but they fucked it up because what they did is they give you a bunch of choices, but without the ability to get the choices, but you still had to buy into it, right? It was like their own Blizzard way. And it's like, they tried to listen and give you the option to get what you wanted. But then because there was a lot of options, they were like, well, we could charge five bucks for it and give people a bunch of options. But then they forget that there's a lot of people in Overwatch that are collectors and they want everything and it doesn't matter like they want to buy everything and so like i hate to say it like this might be like i really don't i mean this like in the most like fucked up rude way possible but like they just need someone really fucking confident who just swings the bat on this type of shit and i don't know how to tell you but like you have to have a feel for this right like i think you're right this is a big change this is massive I don't know how they would frame it, but like even, you know, in the recent blog that went out with like the arrows and whatnot, like I think it could have probably been better if it was a yellow arrow, for example, right? Like, you know, it, it just gets people confused. And also I think people's reading comprehension is fucking terrible. Is don't so get me true. wrong. Like you're, you're talking to like actual like droids sometimes. I get it, dude. I fucking make TikToks. I get it, dude. But like at the same time, you know, you can't, I, I, how often do we have to sit here and justify like, well, they, they tried this or this in the past. And, and it's like, dude, somebody's got to figure it the fuck out. Like someone has to just have the, like the, like the balls to make the right decisions and just go all in on it and be right for once. Cause like they, <laughs> like every time they just go the opposite direction. And you know, I, I think your feedback is perfectly valid, but then I can't help but feel bad. Cause like, We've said the opposite. We've, we've said the opposite here where we're like, you're overselling. Like you, you promise all this shit and then you don't deliver. So this time they're going the opposite and they're like, well, you know, we'll tell you about it, but we're not going to go too hard. And then you'll see how good it is. Like, I just, it's frustrating. You know what they need? Jeff Lee, Jeff. Oh my God. I flip <laughs> Jeffrey freaking Kaplan. That's who they need up in there. Cause well, that man could stand up, up and say hero pools. It's the best idea we've ever had. They tried this out. Yeah. That's exactly what you asked for. Right. So, and that's the other end of the spectrum. Of course, the overwatch one devs right. were the exact opposite, right? Where they ignored bold faced to the dumbest ideas we've ever heard. And 
uh, yeah, I guess uh, we got to pick and choose which which we want out of that. Yeah, I, th- I think. I, oh, SK, do you want to go? I I do wonder if like the. I don't know if I should even bring this up, but I, I do wonder if the layoffs have anything to do with it, or like right. I've I've seen some recent tweets about like about mm, someone was talking about how upper management they were working in Team Four and upper management just shafted them in every way possible, and I can't help but feel like we we should maybe mention that like this i don't think this is a problem of the devs or the or the team that like actually creates overwatch and i think a lot of hate is misdirected in their way it's like upper management is just holding him back in every way possible from what we know and yeah yeah i think it's a really salient point and actually it's kind of what i was going to allude to as well so thank you for for bringing that up and we should talk about it sk because like what what i'm going to say is i'm going to defend the devs for a second and then i'm going to shit on them yeah so um (laughs) i think yeah that's that's basically that's us content creators in a nutshell am i right so i think we should mention like the higher up meddling because flat you alluded to it in sk you've actually brought up an example which i think is very good to bring up um which is that recently a story has been doing the rounds on social media for those who are not sure that there was a developer who has recently shared their experiences of like basically how utterly badly upper management screwed this person, which is that they were a VFX artist and they were like only six months into their job. And then like six months in, they get promoted to lead VFX because they're like, we need more, you know, we need another lead. Like we've had layoff to other people. So we need you to take the job now. Go ahead. You're the lead VFX artist. And this person was like, okay, so that means I'm going to get a pay rise and like more money and like a better title and stuff, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's going to happen. Sure. And then like months go by and they're like, okay, I'm still going to get that promotion, right? I'm still going to get that money, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it. Oh, it, it happens in August. Like in August, we promote people. So we won't do it till then. But don't worry. We got you, man. We got you. Just manage these three people. Do two, four people's work. And, you and know, we got you. Friend. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, and now we need yeah. you to fire one of your best friends on the team. And he was like, well, that person is just like, they were like, you need to fire this guy because he won't relocate. And he was like, that person's trying to find a home for their parent who they're a carer for. That's the only reason they haven't moved. And they're like, we don't give a shit. The, the person was really like, lol, I don't give a shit about that. Who cares? Fire. Because they were a junior. They weren't, they were a junior yeah. associate or whatever. So it was like, yeah, they we said don't we care. don't do that for juniors. Yeah, they're like, lol. And fuck then laughed. That. And then laughed. Yeah, it said in the transcript, they were like, lol. Yeah, like laughs. We don't do that for juniors. And so again, this cycle keeps going months and months and months. This person is being told that you're going to get promoted. You're going to get more money. And then it gets like September. They're like, oh, we won't do it till September. Then it gets to September. And this person's like, listen, if I don't get the pay rise and the title change that you guys promised me, I'm quitting. And they were like, they tried to like pacify them. And that person was like, no, I'm quitting. And then they were like, oh, yeah, they gassed them. them. They They were like, they were like, like, we never said that. Exactly. They were like, you misinterpreted. It's your you uh we're so sorry that you misinterpreted what we said that you misunderstood what we said we were never gonna give you that like there was never a promotion you're just doing your job what do you mean lead vfx you're just doing your job as a vfx artist and to, to boot it all off after they were they kind of resigned from from Overwatch, they were told that like you have a non-compete clause for three months you cannot work anywhere in the games industry for three months because you've worked on confidential information in Overwatch and in, in blizzard so you you can't get a job now for three months. There's even more. They were Go in ahead, the UK you. or something. Yeah, and so the they were getting fifty oh, yeah. percent less. Right. They were getting fifty percent less money than their people that were around them. Fifty percent less than the equivalent, and they wouldn't give them a pay raise because quote, we are paying you based off of how much your area makes. And he was like, well, I'm working for you, doing the same amount of work. Why am I not getting paid that? 
and they said we're paying you based off of where you live and he's like well i'm doing the same work and he's like well that's how much you get paid for your area why would we pay you more that doesn't make business sense and they were the same amount of work but because they lived abroad they were getting paid 50 percent less and less than even some of the people they managed, right? Like, that was another thing they said, was that there were people yeah. they were managing who were getting paid more than them. To, anyway, so, so the reason we bring this story up, and, and I hope, you know, the dev who was, like, whose story this is, I hope we, we did it justice, and if there's any correction, you know, please do let us know. But the, the reason we bring that story up is just to highlight that this is the kind of shit that I think the dev team deals with. Like, legitimately dystopian, like, maliceful stuff. That was, I mean, it was happening under Activision, and then again, we kind of, we were on this podcast, so we own up that, like, we were like, oh man, maybe Microsoft would be better. And, you know, the expectation was, like, how much worse than Activision could it get? And then obviously Microsoft had already come in, and they're already proving to be just as bad. You know, I don't know the internal workings, but already they've come in and ruthlessly and callously, like, and very maliciously, again, like, kind of let people go in ways that kind of blindsided them, or told them that they would be fine, or left them in the dark, and then sacked them anyways. So, the point one is that you're right, Flats. There's a lot of there's a lot of slowness. There's a lot of slowness, but that's not the, the the team four's fault. That's like all the shit that they have to put up with above them, whether that was previously Activision and now Microsoft. So there's that, and um, I also think like to the to the point about the communication, there is like a there is like a wider gaming community sentiment to want to misinterpret and and deliberately put down everything that Overwatch puts out. And I think the hilarious example that I think of. So you, we were talking about. Aaron's tweet about the the healing passive and I myself said like never clickbait your own change Aaron like never never like healing passive for everyone and then it's like five seconds for 20 healing like that ain't it my guy like so you know he yes he kind of played that hand poorly but one of the the, the funniest response to me was underneath slasher said this is not what Jeff would have wanted honor his spirit <laughs> and, and do what do right and I'm like the man's not dead, Slasher. He's not fucking dead. <laughs> Jeff Kaplan's alive, bro. He, what do you mean, honor his spirit? And also, the funniest thing that I find about that is that this this random fucking esports journalist tags Aaron Keller on Twitter and is like, this is what Jeff would have wanted. Jeff Kaplan, you mean the guy who was like close friends with Aaron Keller for like 10 years who developed Overwatch with him? Who he probably could just text and be like, yo, Jeff, what do you think about this change we're making? And he's like, dope shit, Aaron. Hit send on it. Like, slashers coming through to be like, yeah, no, I spoke to Jeff one time at BlizzCon 2017. This ain't it, man. He's turning in his grave. But Jeff's alive. No, he's turning in his grave, man. No, you, you gotta change this. Don't do this. So there's like a whole, you know, wider ecosystem of people who, who just wanna pile on and shit on Overwatch no matter what they do. And I think that that obviously... Go ahead, SK. Oh, sorry, I have another funny example of exactly what you're talking about. There's a tweet with like... 20,000, 25,000 likes. It's it's of the, the modifier. It's a little red arrow that is meant to say like, oh, the matchmaking wasn't in your favor, or the matchmaking was in your cards. favor, but you I... won. So you got a little bit less. And then the, the caption is like, LOL, you lose for winning or something like this. And just hundreds of thousands of people, all the comments are like, oh my god, like Blizzard is so stupid. Overwatch is so bad. Like, you're losing SR for winning? That's so dumb. When really, if you just read for like two seconds, you'll understand exactly what it's saying. It's it's literally in the picture. It's crazy. Yes, I think that's exactly what Flas alluded to as well with like the the the, the pea brains that read this. But I also think at the same yeah. time, as much as I'm like, that's just that lack of reading or even understanding, forget reading comprehension, just like basic understanding. I also think 
you know this when you put out communication, right? I, I think there should have been a different color. Like, there could have been like a, you know, there's like stuff where it's like actual for losses because red, like universally, green is good, right. red is bad, right? And red makes you think stop, like a stop sign, right? Or like a light, rather. So have a different color for like, you still won. We're still giving you points, like a blue or a yellow or something, right? That's like, but this is a mitigating circumstance for why you didn't get more. And I think that's that's where I lead to where I criticize the devs that like, the communication is just never on point and it just always does feel like they're like I hate to say they're out of touch because I don't think they are but they behave like they are which is the, the sad thing about it right like I I think they're trying very hard to be in touch with the community to be understanding of like what's happening and yet time and time again they'll like speak like an android like they'll just be like here's the healing passive 0.5 thing it's like nobody get like nobody gets this like do you know do you not understand how this would be received like do you not understand putting this out how the community would react to it like that's where it feels like you have to say out of touch because someone who's imbued in the community would be like nah guys this is not gonna fly like no one's gonna enjoy this and maybe maybe that's our bad yeah. like, maybe it's kind of we haven't given enough proper feedback or whatever it is that you know if you want to blame us blame us but collectively it just there, there's just too many of these like blunders that that occur where like an easy home run to 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 appropriate you Americans is is metaphors an easy home run, and it's a it's a it's an air ball or whatever the fuck it's a strike, it's a strike right. And You're basically a lot of sports. Yeah. <laughs> Sam's way too many sports cringing, balls. I think. <laughs> ball no hit when ball yeah. should hit. Miss with touchdown. I love this observation, SV, and I think what's strange is the old team from back in the day was far more out of touch. But they just said less, and Jeff was so magical, like a Disney character. He would just hop, hop in, just like glowing with an aura. So you could say anything, and it didn't matter. Like everyone was just like applauding and like, oh, the developers update, so amazing. But because this new team is trying more, it's like the calibration of when they're a bit off. It like skews the entire conversation worse. It's like, well, shouldn't you have like a much deeper understanding of what you're talking about? So I, I don't know how to judge that necessarily. I, I'd hope it would be a self-correcting process over time but I, I totally agree i think it, part of the problem is like they're developing these things in real time so with the self-healing uh announcement it's just like well that's one thing we're like safe about like probably wasn't going to change let's say because it's like so safe and let's give them a tidbit because we're supposed to it's like they put it into such a formulaic system now where well we've got to have something to talk about each and every week so this is the thing that's ready and it's just sort of what came through the production pipeline at the time as the safest thing to talk about i that, that's like what i'm kind of getting out of it and well i don't know how to how, how they fix any of this honestly i i don't know yeah i feel like it would have been oh. pretty easy to just sell it as like all right, guys, season nine, burst damage is going down and you, the reliability of your hitting is going to go up and like you're going to love it. We're going to have calm changes. You're all going to like have your reset, your chance to climb afresh and you're going to see exactly why you're winning and losing. We heard you. Here you go. Everything you wanted, right? But instead, it's like all these granular, slightly bungled healing passive for everyone. Yeah, shit. Like who, who's asking for this? Like nobody's nobody's like. Nobody's excited about this, but yeah, Flats, I think you were going to try and say something. Well, okay, I have a couple of thoughts there. One, like Frito was saying with like the whole Jeff thing, I mean, it's a great example of just like the reason why it felt so mystical is because like you didn't hear from them very often, so they had, they had all the time in the world to perfectly prepare how much was going to be said and whatever. 
Well, now what we get is what is what I would say is probably the typical corporate life. And that's how it works in there. Um, and that's how it works in a lot of mega corporations. Um, it's messy and it's borderline stupid um, how long stuff gets to get done. And I, hey, fuck it, I'll tell you. Like, I remember back in 2022 when we went to that first summit, I talked to some people from Blizzard about a streamer mode. And I got a very long answer uh, from very, like, very, very smart people. They're not there anymore, but very, very smart people. And I respected. And basically was like, the reason why is because, like, this is so intricate because it's beyond our game. It goes also to another system. And, like, we don't have direct control of that system. So they have a pipeline that we have to somehow integrate into. And it's, like, also priorities. Like, is this something we should be working on right now? But we actually should be, like, you know, what, what would more affect the game at this current moment? Like, a good, a better rank system? You know what I mean? Like, this, this is before Overwatch even launched. And so, like because it's such a big company they're slow as shit and like what we're getting is probably you're right like what they work on day to day but it's like at the same time uh they don't have all they don't have somebody they don't have like a master communicator over there like you know even and and and, and i love them like the community team like you know that come into our chats and answer questions and help us stuff all the time. They're more of like the ears for the devs. Like they listen and then sometimes like they help like navigate like what we're looking to hear or whatnot, but they don't have a forward facing like that guy who talks anymore. Like Aaron's like kind of sometimes tried to be, but you know, like I, I sometimes it's just, it's just not his thing. Like it's, it's, they don't release the, the big production stuff as often. Um, and you know, actually it's, it's funny that, uh, if we're talking layoffs, like recently, like Sully was someone that got like laid off from like the Overwatch said, I, I thought it was like, are you guys dumb? Like you literally had a perfect opportunity to like, you guys are going to brought her over as like your almost like communicator for not the compet like the esports side, but almost like the, the game side um, as someone that one is recognized two is a very good communicator and speaks really, really well. Um, that's something they could probably need and and hell maybe they even need to look to outside help of how to like how do you talk like because your guys pr no offense is fucking terrible um and, and i think anyone who's ever had experience with overwatch in like previous years has always said that their pr is fucking terrible um and so they they they're you know, we talk about like these good changes, but we also talk about like public perception. There's also a reason why the the Opera GX tweets get a hundred thousand likes on them, like because everyone thinks the same thing, and it's never going to change. It doesn't matter any good changes they make because of how deep in the hole they've already dug themselves. And every time we take two steps out, we take one step back. Yeah, we're making some progress, but it fucking sucks to keep sliding back down after every step. You know what I mean? It's it's I don't know how you even fix that problem because that's not team four as we talked about like that's not like the actual devs work on the team that's like marketing slash PR slash like uh like I don't know like having a perception of the gaming industry and how people percep perceive you um you know do executives on that side even know or do they just think like Oh yeah, like we made two hundred and ninety million dollars last year, so people just want more skins. Like we, if we just release more skins, the game will be good. And I want to put in just. A little, do you, know? you remember the the Andy Belford tweet that said like we told them that our Steam reviews were going to be horrible, and they they like begged upper management for help and got nothing. That's all I want. Yeah, that, I know. I I've heard stuff yeah. like that all the time. It's it's not uncommon, and you know. It, God, it's frustrating because, like, 
you know, a lot of stuff that we say here when we get frustrated with like certain team stuff, it's like it's not towards the devs. Like we've met a lot mm-hmm. of them. Like they're really good people. It's just like you know, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but there's not many like upper level people I've ever met. And I don't know about you guys, but they don't they don't come out and talk. They they're they're very cool, very much behind the glass doors, you know, in their C suite level like level stuff. And you know, hey, the return to office stuff that we were just talking about with the the guy who who got, who, who quit or slash like the NDA or the non compete guy, that was probably also part of their return to office stuff. And who wanted return to office? Top level empl- uh, C suite because the C suite is wants people back on campus because they're spending millions of dollars every year. It's all about how much money they make, and like we just get fucked constantly. And it's like, how, what do you do? Because you love the game, but you know you can't change that. And mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter how much you talk, but it, like, fuck, dude, it's frustrating. Plus, I remember we talked about that on the show as well, and I th- am pretty sure the company gaslit us to believe that that had nothing to do with some fires or exoduses or whatever employees leaving at the time and then now we've get an employee saying no actually they they even went that further they canned people who weren't going to play ball with that policy and well i i guess the uh the truth is coming out on that mm-hmm. uh totally agree on the Zoe point as well i i can't believe that she wouldn't be utilized and weaponized to really uh re- completely uh help the perception of this game because not only does our community love her any community would love her like the whole the whole like reception of what overwatch is i mean she is the only person in the world that i think that if tracer was a real character tracer would cosplay as soe like in real life <laughs> like like aspire to be this like uh paragon of communication so um i i yeah kicking out anyone with a personality at that company was definitely a mistake when that is so much so it was so important i think to blizzard's long-term success years ago having these uh, enigmatic personalities that can uh, like make you feel like you're um, connected to the game on a deeper level. Um, I think Aaron's doing a good job, but at the same time, it feels like there's like a, a day-to-day slog that's kind of like draining them all. It's like, oh, we're, we're working really hard, and the, they, they come to like tell us something. It's like, uh, here here's the numbers of, of the thing. I, I hope you like it. Bye. And it's like, no, no, no just step into it. Say it with your chest. And that's what I would prefer, but um, we'll, we'll see. I, I think there's time. Time will tell on this... Uh, Microsoft change. I'm I'm not soured on it just because of uh, an industry wide layoff spree, which is rebounding from the boon time of the pandemic, where gaming was was on the the a skyrocket. Also, I think um, I, I'd like I'd like to see what happens over time here with with Microsoft, and if a lot of these policies we're talking about, specifically the the disgruntled employee with the fake raises and all of this, that would have been in Bobby Kotick's era era and speaking to HR at the time we know was a manipulative nonsense nothing burger of an enterprise so i i'm open minded anyway to what the what microsoft can do to change that that culture because certainly having your whole company against you and angry with you is is not great for team morale so if they fix that a little bit they definitely got some making up to do having started on a note of like increasing like automatic wariness from your workers are like oh my fucking god they just axed half of everybody so like, definitely not the greatest start and just to round up the point as well because mr x matt mr x was also laid off and it feels like what we're saying is like overwatch is a seven-year-old game now there's like people who've loved this game and you can kind of like you can take them like you can there's so many people to take from the community and that's kind of what they did with with mr x and Zoe, where they kind of put them in these positions I mean, Soy was always there from the start, but Mr. X got put in this position as, a, as someone who o- organically loved the game. 
And we're kind of doing the opposite. Rather than taking people who, like, organically already, like, have goodwill in the community, are already, like, people that people appreciate, and putting them inside the official channels, we're, like, sacking them from the official channels. We're, like, taking them out and taking away their jobs. And I, th I think one thing I'll quickly go, I want to talk to SK, because I think SK has something to add. Like, one, one person they did do a good job with is Bailey. Like, Bailey, who was, like, you know, giving the communication for OWCS, did a really good job, I think, and, and seemed genuinely passionate and genuinely informed. And I think, like, they just need to, like, take people who are genuinely, like, imbued in the community. And also, like, they just, you know, just you need a show a showman or a show person, right? Someone who, like, has a bit of flair. Because it's not just enough about being informed or being nice and qualified because like i think aaron is all those things i think aaron is qualified he's very kind he's very like nice to speak to and he makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside but like is he like the because sometimes you need a bit of bullshit in you that's what jeff kaplan had he bullshitted sometimes like he would sell a front that wasn't true i don't think aaron is like i think aaron is too honest to sell that front he's too honest to be like yeah guys we gotta fix everything fuck yeah like he's gonna be like i think it's gonna be pretty good i, I i'm pretty Kind of excited about it. I think it's going to be pretty good. Like you need a bit of like a bit of like the nefarious about you to be like a, that that person who's able to convince everyone, even when maybe you and your team aren't a hundred percent. So, yeah, SK, talk to me. Um, I guess the only thing I have to say is like, for OWCS, it's being run by a by a. They're like paying out contractors for it, and I guess they'll. I mean, I have hopes that they'll get Zoe and Matt Mr. X, like those companies will hire them, but it's all just like a bunch of corporation bullshit, basically. <laughs> Definitely missed opportunity, though. I don't... It's just bad across the board, man. I'm sad. <laughs> any any other thoughts you want to share other than, other than anyone else? This is the depression we've, we've malaised ourselves into. No, I mean this is all again. This is all like we're when you know the nature of like us is when we get in a group. We're like you know we start criticizing. And we're like oh yeah, and another thing, and another thing. So yeah, there's lots of stuff that's going well. Again, like we we must remember, we must keep perspective that like in some ways this is worse, but some ways this is a lot better. Like in some yes, we're complaining about like the charm of the communication isn't there, but the communication is there. Like we just didn't have that in the past. We didn't have any relationship between the developers and the community because like. They didn't give a shit what we had to say. Like, they just did what they wanted to do and did it. So, yes, there are there complaints here, but it, those are complaints that are coming from a space where we actually have access. So, there's positives I and there's negatives. Yes, SK. Oh, it's gone. Wait, it's back. Wait. Yes, let's go. Okay. The communication we have now is, like, unheard of in Overwatch 1. It's amazing. And, and I'm glad we have it, but... But like we've been harping on, it's 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 they're not doing it very well. Especially like a lot of the stuff is just kind of hidden away on developers' Twitters. Like mm. if unless you follow them, or you might not even know who they are because their names aren't like it's not like huge names like Aaron Keller. But one thing I wanted to say earlier that I completely forgot is that like Overwatch's public perception—they've dug themselves in, themselves in such a big hole that like I feel like if Overwatch dropped now as it is in season nine with like no one ever hearing of it before it would just be the biggest game of all time like like it's it's come such a long way i feel like it's way better than it was when it was super popular in overwatch one but the public perception is so bad like everyone's played it everyone hates it it's just it feels doomed 
the I think the number one thing if if they want to like change anything or like make the game more popular is they need to fix this public perception of this like I guess like mistrust where tweets that are just shitting on it and incorrect 99% of the time get like hundreds of thousands of likes everyone agrees with it everyone just instantly like that uh, that needs to go away before anything else can happen I feel like how do you keep that from happening though yeah not my job (laughs) deliver i'm not envious of the person whose job it is but yeah deliver says rito yeah and and to uh you know flat's point that they've under delivered before i mean mean, they they really sold that story mode season a little bit didn't they i mean you guys know my opinion on that whole thing i don't feel like conjuring up those emotions so let's put that to the side he was canceled I agree. I yeah. think that opinion was I very validated. Gaslit by so many people. No, it's still it's still emissions. Fuck you. Nobody plays them. <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right, fellas, fellas. <laughs> to your point. To your point. Minus. <laughs> to your point. Anyway, okay. Yeah, yeah. They need to deliver folk PV, PVP focus. And what's what's tough is the, this demographic of player is never happy with anything so th- they could this rank system could be the best rank system I mean, this is how i feel about when people talk about the overwatch one rank system they they tried and swung and missed with some ideas with overwatch 2's ranked and then everyone talked like well we loved the overwatch rank rank system what when did anyone ever say that when, when was there a single tweet in the history of overwatch one where people were like this is the best industry defining ranks no one says that ever they, they never have anything positive to say when it's right and i, I totally agree with sk's uh a point about like if the game just dropped and it would be like oh my god it's a masterpiece and you can play different heroes and swap to them and there's all these different play styles and this is a projectile and this character and the voice lines and like it would be a you'd be blown away if this got dropped as a game because it, it's so much more depth than lots of other free-to-play shooter games have and we're just never grateful for anything so they need to deliver but i don't know how you convince this crowd that you have now because they're still going to complain i mean like so we got like a soft ranked reset coming up this this is another smoke and mirrors trick by the way you're probably going to be at the same rank you always were like you didn't you didn't get better like that's not how this works it's just a a token of a of a different color shade thing and you go down just so you can go up it's it it's the same smoke and mirrors thing that's happening again by the way you as a player are not better unless you actually improve which almost never happens and this is the eternal problem with this kind of game however i will say this time it's slightly different because the strategy of the game i think will matter more than it ever has before in terms of your mechanics won't be as much of a limiting factor as they were before and i think overwatch 2 especially was a game that if you had mechanics you could be very dumb and and just do whatever you wanted and spin circles around a lot of the other player base because of the the skill expression of the game was actually so severe whereas in this new version i would anticipate that that gets slowed down a little bit where um let's say more like overwatch game sense heroes will be a little bit more stable because like every everyone's kind of hitting shots together evenly as opposed to one god tier aimer that can spin circles around everyone um so sorry i I think i spun us off into a another subject perhaps no no um, no no certainly no you know your point about delivering i want to i want to kind of springboard off of that a little bit because i think sk is absolutely right in that there is this is like global let's all shit on Overwatch. And it's kind of like when people want to dislike something, it's really easy to sell them that narrative, right? It's very easy to sell people a narrative they already believe. 
And when so much of the internet already believes it or watches a shithole and like constantly making bad decisions, someone can share like a tweet that is actually misinformation, but sounds like it could be plausible. Like it sounds like some dumb shit Overwatch would do. And people are like, oh my god, yeah, Overwatch keeps taking L's, man. They just keep doing dumb shit. They don't ever like they've stopped playing the game for years. They don't know. They, they haven't like tuned in. But they see that and they're like, yeah, I was right to leave that game. But here's the thing. Despite all of that, we still have like something like 60 million people who've played Overwatch 2. Like, remember that Overwatch 1, for all its, you know, genre-defining hype, had like 50 million copies sold, I think, by the end? We've potentially surpassed that. If the numbers are to be believed, more people have come and played Overwatch 2 than ever bought a copy of Overwatch 1, right? So, whatever said and done about the bad reputation, people have still come and tried this game, and they have given it a shot. And if they're not still playing it, it is Overwatch's fault. Like, Overwatch does have all these factors that we must, you know, we've highlighted that, like, are, are fighting against it. But it's also missed a bunch of key occasions to turn those haters, right? It, it missed the chance to turn them at the launch of Overwatch 2. It missed the chance to turn them with the PvE debacle. And this is another potential chance to turn them, right? So just have to get it right. Because this is another chance people are going to probably come along and be like, Oh, yeah, well, I got put in Bronze 5 at the start of Overwatch 2, so I'm a bit pissed off. But they said there's a rank reset, and I get to go again. So if they come in, they're like, oh shit, it's fun now. I hit more shots and like, I'm, I'm having more fun. They might stick around because we've seen, you know, it, it is hard. Like, like Flats asked and like SK suggested, who can really sit here and say that they're an expert in turning around terrible reputations, right? Like how many companies in the history of anything have been like, yeah, this is a fucking joke and a meme and turned it around. But it's not unheard of either. I was thinking of a, of a more abstract metaphor that's a little bit more boomery. Which is that, like, there was a... I remember growing up, and everyone hated fucking Justin Bieber. They all thought that guy was a moron. They all thought he was a fucking idiot. And it was, like, a joke to like Justin Bieber. You never would ever admit you were sitting, baby, baby, babe. No, you never admitted you liked that song. Then there came, like, this period later on in his life where he dropped that album with, like, What Do You Mean and Sorry. And everyone was like, yo, shit, this guy drops fire. Like, I love Justin Bieber. And suddenly it was cool to like Justin Bieber. And now he's gone the other way again, where now he's doing crazy shit and everyone thinks he's an idiot again. But he, for a while, he turned around the darndest of reputations. He turned around like the joke, nobody likes Justin Bieber. It's, it's a fucking, like, no, you don't like Justin Bieber. And he turned around and he's like, yeah, man, he's cool. Don't talk shit about Justin Bieber, he makes good music. Or a more relevant example would be No Man's Sky, which is big hype, dropped, people hated it. And then over time, they made good changes and people were like, you know, actually, No Man's Sky, top tier game. I think it recently won a bunch of awards for like best lives, like development game. So it is possible. It's just hard. And that's where the job is not enviable. Like it is just hard to turn around a really bad reputation. But you got to deliver. As Friedel said, you got to deliver. Any other thoughts, weird guys? Question. Yeah, go ahead, Flats. You think people, do you think a lot of people hate Overwatch because they're fucking terrible at it? Probably. It's like, Got me thinking earlier, forget it. Got me thinking a lot. I've been pretty quiet for a while because I've been thinking about it. <laughs> you talked about the Dr. Disrespect clip, and I remember that clip. And I remember yeah, even when Tim comes back and plays every once in a while. If Tim doesn't play with us, he does not have a good time. Because <laughs> don't get me wrong, like, he's, you know, I love Tim. He's cool. Uh, but when he gets sniped by, like, good players, he literally can't do anything. He like, he's just getting fucking rolled the entire time. Uh, so it makes me sit there and I think, right? How often are the people that really love Overwatch or play a lot of Overwatch are people that are just good at it, right? And people that are more casual slash don't 
or not like they're not that good at FPS games, probably don't play it a lot. Or if they do, it's extremely, extremely casually. Um, and so I sit there and I'm like, you know, when people from other games to come play to Overwatch, right? Like, remember, remember when all like there was tons of streamers that getting sponsored? Uh, season six probably is the last time that that happened. And a lot of them would play, and then they'd go up, like, oh, that game's terrible. But if you watch them play, they just got shit on the entire time. Like, they weren't popping off and being like, this game sucks. They were getting smoked and then saying this game sucks. And, you know, I kind of relate to that when I went to play Valorant at first, because I fucking sucked. And I was like, wow, this game blows. And then I played a little bit more, and I was like, wow, this game fucking blows. And then I played a little bit more, I was like, wow, this game fucking sucks why do i keep playing it and then i played again and, and i did i had bet i played a little bit better and i was like you know i kind of understand why people play this game but it still sucks and then i played it a little bit more and i was like you know maybe it's not that bad and then as you kind of kept playing and you kind of start learning a little bit more and you stop dying on cooldown you get to actually play the game and overwatch has so many nuances across all roles and you know arguably especially tank is so difficult nowadays like if you are not perfect game in and game out, you feel like you've just costed your whole team the game. But like, you know, for DPS and support, maybe if it's a little bit easier and you feel like you're hitting shots more often, you feel like you're having that impact. I kind of wonder genuinely at this point, like if it's truly, truly like quote unquote easier to hit shots and you'll feel like you'll have more impact, if you brought those same mega streamers, your 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 Tyler ones to your um to your fucking tens to fucking uh how like what like you grab like the biggest like FPS streamers from other games, throw them back in, and they actually perform well, will they be like you know maybe it's not that bad now because no and 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 I you know I don't want to speak for anyone. I'll, I'll speak more personally for myself because I get self conscious when I play a new game and I'm fucking terrible at it. Not because like I, I really give a shit, but it's I get frustrated because I'm competitive and I want to win and I want to be better. And it gets really annoying when I see fucking TikTok Andy 16345 who goes, wow, you fucking suck. I'm like, well, I have an hour and a half in this game. No fucking shit. I'm terrible. But it gets annoying when you keep seeing it over and over. Right. Even if like it takes time to learn, you got to practice. You got to start somewhere. If the skill curve is that high. You don't want to. You don't want to sit there with twenty thousand people just shitting on you for a fucking two hours because you can't do anything, and then you get frustrated. And you're like, nah, I'm. You know what? I'm not having a good time. Fuck it, dude. I'm out of here. Um, and hell, even I don't even think Summit's played since the tournament debacle. But like, I also think that like he was also getting shit on in that tournament because there was like fucking five contenders and GM and and Overwatch yeah. former pros, and then has his chat shitting on him, and then the tournament itself shat on him. Like you know, like fucking shows a clip of him not having a good time. And then, you know, Warren's in my chat, says to talk about streamer mode. Yeah, you can't come into this game as a big streamer. You literally can't. Like, if you've, like, I, I, I no ego, like, I'm not trying to say anything, but, like, during drops, my stream, like, 10x is in size because of, like, TikTok and whatnot. I legitimately have a terrible time playing anything but, like, ranked. Even, even ranked sometimes, too. When it, drops are hitting, like, big drops, because... Like, you're just getting sniped the entire time, and it's a miserable experience having five people chase you around the map. Um, but to, to tie it all back together, Overwatch is a really hard game. And, you know, I hadn't really thought about that. And I genuinely wonder if it feels better to play, like, and, and it's a little bit, quote-unquote, easier to hit those shots, and maybe a little bit less frustrating. 
maybe people would enjoy it a little bit more and maybe that gets them to like it more. Do you think it's like a, a Fortnite build versus no build kind of thing? Yeah, because Fortnite yeah. started falling off when building got crazy. Mm-hmm. And they introduced no build and that really brought it back. And even since then, yeah, it, it like it but like it, it's like had like ups and downs, but then it had um uh uh, uh what is the it called like mode? when it brought the back creative mode not the creative mode but when it brought back like the original like season one what i forget what it was called like oh, og yeah. fortnite um that got a lot of people back again because i think og fortnite also had no build so you could play og fortnite again and have kind of like the brokenness without having some you know adderall up 16 year old put you in a box like you know what i mean like (laughs) you still got to like rehab that fun again um and so even since then every time they have a collab they do they do great like they're still killing it it's just not like you know everyone's talking about fortnite again but like even their floor is much higher than it was two years ago uh like as you said with with no build uh, i that's actually a really good question i don't know if there's any other examples from games that i could think of that have done that something similar so I don't I don't have a relevant thing to say. Rust. Does anyone else want to say it? Rust? Go ahead, SK. Rust removed recoil patterns. It's still like very hotly debated. I don't know if it actually did better, but basically you could play for like four thousand hours and you would not be able to shoot your gun correctly. Like or or like if you just started, a guy would beam you from two hundred meters and if you shot at him, your gun would go like pew. Was, but they removed it, so now it's just like point and click. And I think a lot of new players like it but a lot of the old players are like bring it back bring it back kind of thing but also i want to oh sorry CSGO sorry, valorant but... same thing yeah yeah keep going i, I want to say um if you're like the fps streamer known for being insanely good at fps games like shroud or it's timmy and you go to overwatch and you're just getting shit on like that can i mean that sucks man like it hurts like your your chat's gonna be super mean you're like I should be really good. Like, I'm always good at these FPS games. It just hurts. Yeah. Have you seen how can... mean they get to when, like, Overwatch specifically? Oh, like, Overwatch, no, it's I bad. Like, I, I, like, I, you obviously, like, every chat, like, you know, like, they spam some shit talk or whatever, but, like, yeah. When it's like when they're just getting spawn camped or something real bad, they're mm. ruthless. Oh, man. This happened you... to Shroud in Overwatch 1. He was in a stack in Plat playing ash i remember it like this was yesterday horizon lunar colony a two cp game mode that's all about ult stacks in the neutral fight this man's aim was better than any pro pretty much or as good as any pro uh, don't come at me okay let, let, his aim's insane his, his, his aim's insane <laughs> yeah, in every single it, game this man plays yeah, you this guy's it. cracked he's nuts but then the ult stacks came through and the game the dynamic the actual Overwatch, I think it was even Double Shields at the time, probably. The actual Overwatch hit him in the face over and over again. He's like, uh, there was clips of him saying, like, I'm not having fun, but I want to keep playing. It's like, it's like strange. It's like like the addiction of, like, maybe these shots could matter at some point, but they don't. They, they really don't. They'll just go back to spawn, come back with their ultimates, and they, they win the game. And somehow you're you're seeing the defeat screen, and he's he racked up all these kills, and they didn't matter. So even a guy that came into Overwatch and, like, looked good in, mechanically speaking, got steamrolled by the... Uh, six v six mechanics just saying okay uh <laughs> next point well here's something i wanted to add to this which because you guys have brought up a really really great point and not to go too away from you know we're getting very philosophical but i think it's very relevant to what we're talking about with like these hitbox changes and stuff and what could improve overwatch's appeal 
Another big problem Overwatch has is why you're losing is very unclear. I think that's the difference. Like, Flats, when you play Valorant, and I've been there too, you know why you died. You're like, oh, I swung and he shot me, or I, I shot him and I missed, and he shot me and killed. It's so clear why you were losing. The biggest problem with Overwatch is that it's very unclear most of the time, and it's very easy to divert that to your teammates to be like, I thought I was doing a good job. I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do, and we lost, and not to hit my own bingo card too much. But I actually think counter swapping really hurts this. Because again, as someone who's like spent some time playing like a lot of off meta heroes recently, you know, I played a week on Junkrat, played a week on D.Va. One of the most frustrating things is that like, when you feel like you're doing well and you are doing well, you're getting value for like two minutes in a game. And then slowly the agency is being taken away from you because whether you realize it or not, because this is again, when new players won't realize it, I can see it happening, but I'm OTPing so I don't give a shit. You're watching them slowly pick all the things that screw you. And then you're suddenly like, oh shit, I'm not getting value anymore. Oh, oh like there's, there's now a Zarya pick there and there's a Brig. And now I can't do shit on D.Va. Like, nothing will die. I'm going to get knocked away. She's triggering inspiring for free. This guy's farming me. There's a May now. So nothing can be DM'd. But if you're not attuned to that, you don't even realize it. You're just like, oh, I was popping off for two minutes and then I'm doing air now. It must be my team's fault. Or like, I don't, I don't even know. You don't even, what conclusion do you draw? You're like, I don't know. I just lost. I was winning and then I lost. And I like that's that's a wider holistic problem. I just think you know counter swapping makes it worse because you don't see the impact of like now this matchup is even worse for you and you better know what to swap to now if you want to. Which again, do you want to do that if you're tens and it's like you're playing Ash, but actually the play here is like Farah. Do you want to switch? Like you you signed up to play the shooty character. You, I signed up to play this character, and now I'm being told that like if I want to win, I gotta opt into this other like meta game that the game is demanding I play. Uh, like, that's obviously my personal gripe, but in the general, the universal point remains true. It's hard to know why you're losing and how you should improve. And that's like a big new player obstacle, I think, that will cause you, even if you're like a talented player who thinks they know what they're doing, you're going to be like, shrug. Tutorial rework win. <laughs> true. I want to add that even in GM, I, like, sometimes I'll get flamed. It's not even my fault. Like, these people are supposed to be oh, yeah. top end. They have no idea what's going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolute, some absolute idiots. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and, for, and also, like, this is like a just a random pet peeve. Like, I'm so fucking tired of people typing diff in chat for nothing. Like, you'll be losing, like, <laughs> you know, three minutes into the game. Like, you're not even halfway in. Like, you're sort of losing. GG! Tag diff, support diff, that can't be one. It's like, shut the fuck up, my guy. You're fucking trolling on Mercy right now. You're zero or <laughs> one assist. You have five deaths. Shut the fuck up. You got 50 damage and you run around with a Glock the entire time and you're typing fucking DPS diff. Shut the fuck up. Just play the game, man. Just play the game. All I'm asking is you just play the game. Don't get into team chat and just start whining. But that's, again, that's probably universal to, to yep. all games. But honestly, turning off chat would just make everything better it would just make everything yep. better I, I i genuinely believe no chat would make everyone happier i noticed when i i have this um i have this like text-to-speech that that translates the chat so when people should talk to me it's like they're actually saying it to my ear and i noticed when i hide chat i have a i have a much more fun time than when i have it on and the text-to-speech is constantly shit talking me mm -hmm. <laughs> why would you turn that on because it's, it's funny it's funny like sometimes the tts will just be like 
Or when when two people are fighting and it's not at you, you can hear them like arguing with each other. Yeah. It's true. It's actually I, wild. I, I actually recommended like for a while try the like I don't, I don't think a lot of people know this exists, guys. There's an option in Overwatch in the accessibility options. You can turn the text to speech on, and I recommend trying it for a little bit because it's quite amusing. But then then you know you you start you're the one who gets a target, and then it becomes annoying, and then you just you know I, I then I would recommend turning off all forms of communication and living in a peaceful slumber. But it is it is fun. Any other thoughts on like this whole? Wider ecosystem or watch reputations, marketing, communication, anything you guys want to bring up before we go back to the actual definitives? Oh, can I ask a question? Mm -hmm. What would you like to see be done for marketing in Overwatch? Because, like, I know people have thrown a lot of things around for a long time, but, like, if you had to pick one. Me, personally, I would just, like, uh, this, is, this sounds mean. I'd hire someone with like from the community who knows what the fuck the community thinks, like largely, like is better in like touch. With, you didn't like John not... Cena. I, I didn't even <laughs> never even saw him. Um, I got a yeah, picture I, of him. You want it? I like. I, I want someone who's gonna be like the new face of the communication. I think. Like, I think you want that fresh blood to like to uh, talked about what we saw, said about like the sourness. You kind of want that like fresh impetus, right? And there's like two ways to do it. It's either to like bring back Jeff Kaplan, which I'm not, I don't think we should do. Like, I don't think that's healthy, but like, I'm thinking of like World of Warcraft and Chris Metzen and the BlizzCon that we were there where they were like, the fucking crowd was going nuts. They were going ape shit that Chris Metzen has come on stage. They were like, Chris, I love you. Hold my baby, Chris. You're fucking, you're the goat. So like, obviously if Jeff Kaplan came back, that would happen. But I also don't think that's, you know, that's, that's a whole can of worms. But then at least you bring someone new who's like, yeah, who can like charm the new audience and kind of, con them a little bit be like yo guys it's gonna be different now I promise i promise it's gonna be great i tend to agree and i think the reason is it's not that aaron does a bad job i just get the sense that they're like busy working and then when he comes on it's just like this is like a a, dr a drain it's not like his main job and that like they're they're actually hard at work like these season nine changes man they, they were the they did not they did not come by easily. Let's put it this way. Like these numbers changes, these are really hard to do. And and how much internal testing was required, like how much up to the deadline have they been with testing with this stuff? Like, and they've got to be nervous about it. And that's, I think it's part of the reason why they were just like, yeah, so we, we, we made all the hitboxes bigger. You try, try, it's coming in out in a week. Good luck. Like, like, like that's, that's like the, the energy they're coming at it with. Whereas, you know, so would be my top pick, but uh, anyone like that, that sort of can just, uh, we think this is a more fun version of the game. Enjoy. Like, like we want everyone to enjoy the game more. I thought of this as a tagline. Like, Overwatch sells its universe as a hopeful, optimistic, and I'm going to add in a new word they don't usually say, but inclusive future, right? Whereas the gameplay communicates you're bad and you should feel bad about it. To new players all the time. You just like smacked in the face. That's what we've essentially described the new player experience or an average good shooter player's experience coming to our game. And well, I think season nine is aiming to fix that. And the fact that we can't seem to market that is I, I think is just a big whiff. But may, maybe, maybe that's because we they need the community to do it for them in, in their defense because they have over 
promised before. And so certainly overpromising is never the call. Don't ever do that again. Uh, don't, don't say PvE is coming, but wait, not really. It's actually going to be downscaled significantly, but it's not canceled. It's just archives minus. Oh, let's not ever do anything like that ever again. So uh, maybe our reputation of our game changes over time now. I, I don't know. I, I think the changes are that good that it could. But what, you know, if a tree falls in a forest, and nobody hears it. <laughs> what's, what's the point? I don't think the community will do it because the community, like we said, is just like mean and bitter. So I don't see somehow the community being like, oh, guys, it's going to be great. Like, it obviously has to deliver, but I think like, yeah, we got to, we need like, we need optimism again. And we need like, I, I think Iron might be too involved with the development. I know that sounds stupid to say, but like, he's almost too insularly involved in the development to, to sell what the, the marketing of it should be of like how... What is the most optimistic interpretation for a consumer of this thing to be like, like you said, oh, it's, it's Overwatch, but better. Everything you dislike, we took out. And everything you wanted more of, we made more of. Like, that's what it needs to be condensed down to. But it comes in like these bits and pieces that are harder to parse and easier to misinterpret, as we've seen. SK, any thoughts? I want the Overwatch universe or like heroes to talk to me i want i want winston overwatch <laughs> to tell me that my rank is getting reset i want him to be like we need you get in ranked right now like i i want arisa to show like a frowny face when she gets nerfed or something like i i want cutscenes. you know i want a cutscene when i log into the new season there was there was something so allure like the pve was a miss don't get me wrong but those cutscenes when the characters were talking to each other man it's cheesy but like it made me cry there was there was something special there like i want something like that maybe like interacting with me i don't know i just i want the heroes to talk to me i i want overwatch to exist more let the like the universe i want more of the overwatch universe when you sign in for a new season there isn't a trailer or anything that pops up right nope. it might. i'm not nope. crazy but when you mm -hmm. sign into like Apex, I think of is there's every new season. There's a you get hit with a trailer right at the beginning. Yeah, I don't know if Valorant does or, that too, but even even our trailers are like, I don't know that they, they like cover the skins mostly. I feel like the trailers are only the the only Overwatch like cinematic lore that we get is if a new hero comes out, we get their backstory, or maybe we get a short with them, and then we get trailers that like cover the new skins, but we don't we don't get like like balance stuff or i don't know or or stuff that makes me i don't know like that that speaks Excited. to me yeah 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 i like that a lot actually that would be fun class does that answer your question in any way do you feel satisfied do you have any own thoughts of what um i think sk's was actually great because mine was gonna be like you know they were so close remember that mini series series they did they were so close like they were almost there you know it was like just a little bit more you know um, I mean, obviously, everyone's talked about before, like, you know, like a Netflix series or something like that. But the cinematics were always insane. Um, you know, I, it makes me really think, like, where are the resources, right? Like, they, they definitely just don't get the resources they need. Because, like, as SK was just alluding to, like, that is powerful. That really is. Um, those cutscenes especially. Like, if there was a cinematic, you know, on, at the, like, at every, the start of every season or every other season when there was a hero... Um, even if it wasn't even crazy, like it doesn't have to be like fucking uh, the the dragons remake. You know what I mean? Like you can't. Like I understand if it can't go to that level, but um, 
you know, something that just kind of gets people like excited because people always okay. If you ever ask the question, right, like what what is like Overwatch's lore, right? And especially even to like you know the the Overwatch team, like what is their big thing? One of the biggest answers people always give is like the universe, right? The character, the you know the stories, all that stuff. But we never get shit from that. You know what I mean? Like we really don't. You know, you get what I'm saying? Like. Uh, I look at something like Valorant, I think, is an example where, like, Valorant is, like, more of a, like, shooter game. And, like, yeah, it has, like, storylines and whatnot, but, like, I, I, I think over, I think Valorant doesn't hold a fucking candle to, to Overwatch's. Mm-hmm. No one but, does like, like Overwatch. Yeah, like, we, ours is legitimately, I, in my opinion, probably the strong, has the strongest potential of any video game franchise that's out there, barring maybe, like, Halo. That's just because, like, so much nostalgia is there. Um, and it doesn't get fucking used ever, you know? And, like, you can't, you can't look at the balance team who fucking adjusts Orissa's damage number to go make a cinematic. Like, 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 this should be a totally different section that does all that stuff, of course. But they're just, there's just nobody there. And there's never anything coming out of it, really, it feels like for us. So... You know, there was the La Seraphim, you know, one, um, which obviously was a big money-making opportunity. It was a cool collab. I'm glad they did it. But is that the only time it gets broken out now? Because that's kind of sad. I'll tell you. It does feel like it. I think it's a really good point to bring up. It actually reminds me of a a thing I was talking to my chat about the other day because I was just randomly in a game, and it's like, you know, like the interactions are always going on. The heroes are always saying stuff to each other, which are amazing. I think those are always one of the most fun things, seeing like a cool interaction and there was a Farah and an Ana in my team and they triggered the interaction that's been on since like Ana's release which was like when are you coming home mother it's like just give me more time Fariha like I need more time and she's like ah well I've already given you so much time and I just sat there and I was like that was like six fucking years ago that she was like give me more time Fariha it's like we haven't seen that move along like when when Overwatch 1 existed and we heard these interactions we were kind of led this idea that this would move along at some point. At some point, Anna would maybe return to being Farah's mother, like, in a meaningful way. Or maybe we'd learn about, like, Reinhardt and Anna's flirtation. Or maybe they'd go a step further. Or, you know, Genji and Mercy or Genji and Farah would now officially start dating and they're having relationship trouble. Like, the truth about the PvE is, I don't give a shit. This is, at least me personally, I feel like other people feel this way, but I don't give a shit what Null Sector's doing. I want to know if, like, who's boning who, man? Who's into who? Who's got a crush? Like, are the families breaking apart? Are they coming together? Who's friends now? Who fell out? Like, I want to see the dynamics of the heroes progress. I want to see this, the mean, because that's the meaningful story. Like, it doesn't really matter to me whether, like, Null Sector takes over one city for, like, a, one week and then they get kicked out because Overwatch rescued them. That doesn't, like, leave a meaningful impact. I want to know, like, what the relationships between the characters are and how they're forming and like who's growing as a person and who's like staying up like you know you can imagine reaper like obstinately continuing to be a dick but like maybe widowmaker has a bit more depth to her like maybe it turns out that like she has this going on or she did a nice thing one time i think that's the biggest failure of the pve and the like story elements is that we've never really seen the heroes develop and the relationships develop. And, and that's what, like, hooks you. Again, the dragon short is, like, hooks you because you're like, shit, there's so much backstory here and there's so much, like, things going on here. 
and I want to see this go. Like, what's got like Hanzo and Genji seven years ago had the showdown, never seen each other since. Like for seven years, Hanzo just been chilling there. Like, I wonder, wonder what my brother's doing right now. He's actually alive. I thought he was dead, but he's an android now. But I hope he's well. Oh, she saw him on the news, cutting up a giant fucking robot. I hope he's good. He seems to be good. Yeah, he got a, he got a new hoodie. He got a new hoodie. He's looking looking cool in that shit. Uh, what happened? What are, they, what are they doing? Are they gonna reconcile? Or like, what's the Shimada clan doing? I don't know, but I want to know. Oh, I want to add like, oh, I'm I'm the complete same way. But I don't need we don't need to be playing a PVE mission to like get this stuff. Like right, I don't exactly. care about the PVE missions. I want this stuff. You don't have to make a mission for every little cutscene. Like, give me it, it's some some other way. I don't care about shooting the bots, and it takes forever. <laughs> Right. I agree. Like, I think like, that, that's what drew, drew people to Arcane and, and League of Legends is like, all of a sudden you feel invested in Vi and Caitlyn and, and all the others that you're like, oh shit, these are cool mm -hmm. characters. I want to play them. I want to be them. So you, you don't you don't need to play the characters to feel this connection. In fact, if anything, it sometimes it, uh, pulls you out because you have to sit and shoot bots for 10 minutes just to get the, the cutscenes in between that show yeah. you that they're, that they're cool people. And similarly, the, the Netflix miniseries that, you know, I openly have hated and will continue to hate on. There were the, the, the characters never spoke to each other. They never fucking like in that entire show. It's fucking random people we've never met talking about Overwatch. Not a single time do two characters within the game talk to each other and have any interaction. And that's supposed to be like our mini series of like story. The truth is, it wasn't a mini series. It was meant to be part of the PVE in between missions. But you know, but it it's sold as a mini series and it fucking dog shit. So, anyways, I'm I'm clearly in a ranty mood, so I'm gonna chill out and I'm gonna take a step back. But that's my so your point though. To that, the whole reason that was made was to help try to start driving the sales for the fucking missions. You know what I mean? Like all of these are on, are are not just marketing tactics of the game; they're marketing tactics for a specific promotional item. Yeah. And then once that item's gone, nobody cares. And it's like you guys are wasting your resources doing that. You really fucking are. Frito, anything you want to add? I have too much, frankly. I'm in violent agreement with you on this this point. So much so that I would even go so far to say that Overwatch 1 had more story than Overwatch 2. And my argument for that is they had a lot of different mediums to tap into where we had more origin stories, blog posts, hero teasers. There was more world building but the same amount of non-plot, basically. There was no plot movement at all, but it felt like there was interconnectivity being lane that could be capitalized later. Whereas Overwatch 2, we've got more content, more words, but it's emptier, basically. It's like, I, I, on one hand, I like the voice lines and the work they did uh, in the pre-lobby voice line interactions, but on the other hand, it's also empty entirely like they don't really move much of anything it's just another like expansion on what had already been done and well um i i think anything else would just be repeating your very good rant so i i, I agree completely and it's a completely missed opportunity like i'll give an example i remember reading the the mercy short story a character that i don't necessarily have any emotional ties to as a player but was very impressed with how much I grew to care about her perspective throughout that. And then uh, the one I really like is Batiste. So that one's a little bit more up my alley. Uh, a character that was bad and then wanted over time to try to redeem himself. Like, these are, this is interesting stuff, man. And like, 
th that stuff out of the game to me does a lot more than here's another horde of null sector droids that we had in Overwatch One just recolored this time coming down. It meant nothing to me. So the yeah, I, I'm uh, for uh, want to avoid another rant about how PVE was canceled in a massive dis <laughs> not not just a disappointment, but like a, a it somehow there reached a new level of low of disappointment. I didn't know I could be as disappointed as I was, and my expectations already were at the bottom, and it found a new floor to me. Um, <laughs> yes. Here's actually something to to bring up because I know the lore people want me to bring this up. They actually continue to release a bunch of like novels and and like declassified and like there's like a book that came out that was like Overwatch declassified and had like a bunch of people's stories. They didn't fucking promote it to anyone. So like only at least at least back in Overwatch one, even when you didn't super care, like you'd go and maybe read the Mercy comic or whatever, like you know the the new short that came out. And there was like a tie-in in the in-game event, right, where it'd be like Anna's short story is out, play these nine games to get her skin, and then you'd be like, oh, go read the thing. They've released, like, full-on books and shit, and I, I didn't even see the official Twitter tweet about it. Forget about, like, an in-game tie-in. I don't, I don't even think the official Twitter said, like, hey, oh, go buy our book now. They just released that shit, and they were like, whatever. I hope you figure it out. I didn't yeah. know about it till I found it in a store, and I thought it was fake. <laughs> <laughs> You know, to that, like, okay, I'll be honest with you, I don't read them. I, I, I don't read any of the comics. But to that point, though, there's source material. That should be, you know, it, that should be source material for, like, you know, if they're like, oh, well, we don't know, you know, if we want to make this cinematic for this next coming character or whatever. And it's like, if there's, if there's really confusion, it's like, if you have all this stuff that's written out, why not make something, like, a more uh, uh, easier-to-consume form of media, right? Because, like, I think the average player... Well, the average gamer is probably not looking for Overwatch lore books. Like that's like people you're that are really in there, you know. But a seven-minute-long, six-minute-long YouTube video that's extremely well edited, animated, has a lot of heart and soul to it. Um, that pops up on their recommended page. They might click on that because like, oh, Overwatch had a new cinematic. Like, oh, what is this? And like, it's so much easier to create that connection. And I, you know, I'm going to go on a bit of a limb here and I'm going to say probably one of the things that sold and you, you can agree or disagree with me because I think, you know, we were all there 2022, we went to that summit. The thing that probably sold all of us on Overwatch 2 more than them sitting there and talking to us more than having conversations about the upcoming ranked more than talking about the battle pass more than talking about free to play was the Kiriko short. I cried. That was the one that actually, because I remember, I remember the mood in the room changed after that went off because everybody kind of going in was a little apprehensive, myself included. And then after that hit, everyone was in. I don't know. Mm -hmm. if you, I don't know if you were sitting in that room, but everyone was I like, remember me and Frito. I talked to Frito. It was like, who was it? It was me, you and uh, someone else. We had we had had a conversation before we even went in. It was like we we're having breakfast. Um, and I was like, I was like bouncing around talking to other people. And it was like, oh, man, like, you know, like, oh, this is like, you know, is this going to be the right thing? Oh, I don't know if they're going to say this, you know, hopefully, you know, this is going to be good. And then, boom, once we get hit with that, we're like, all right, cool, I'm in, I'm sold. And I feel like we don't have those anymore. When, when we watched that before, I was like, I had a really good thing going in Valorant. I had been gone from Overwatch for like two years. My team was like number one FA team. We were going to get signed. And then I watched that short and I was like, I miss the game I love. Like, Overwatch is the game for me. Like, Aww. I'm coming back. 
<laughs> I'm going back, baby. Just fucking well, whether that was a good star. decision or not, we'll still have to find out. But <laughs> well, even if it is a detriment of your career, I'm I'm glad you're back, SK. Uh, Me too. I enjoy Me too. I enjoy having you. Um, yeah. Any any other thoughts on any of that before we? Because we haven't even finished rounding off the actual substantive changes. Does anyone else have anything else you want to add? No? Okay. I'm sure we could we could keep going, and there's things that I could keep going on, but for now, we'll put a pin in it till next time, guys. Um, let's actually... So, we've kind of talked a lot about the various changes overall, but like we haven't actually physically talked about the health pool changes. So, again, to, to summarize, 150 to 175 HP heroes, which I believe is Tracer, Widowmaker, and Baby Diva, have their HP increased by 25. 200 to 300 HP heroes have their HP increased by 50. And 300 plus HP tanks increased by 75 to 100. What will this do? And will this be good? I mean, and we've already said we don't really know for sure what it will do. But gut instinct, will this be good or bad? SK, you go first. Immediately off the board, I think like it's going to make some heroes terrible. And it's going to make some heroes really good. Like 175 HP Tracer, she can't get one shot anymore. And with the with the projectile size increase, is, is she just going to be the best in the game? I don't know. But or like Hanzo can't one shot anymore. Wait, that, that's moving on, isn't it? Or Junkrat can't one shot anymore. Those two instantly terrible. Like their entire playstyle was around that. I'm I'm hoping there's. I, I mean, it's impossible to predict other other than like the really glaringly obvious ones like that. But I it'll be really fun while we try to figure it out. And I'm hoping the heroes that get like left behind can see some changes pretty soon. Yeah, it's funny. I'll, like, I, obviously, there's gonna be changes that are more than what we've been shown, and we don't know the details of. They said they're gonna compensate on some heroes, but it's funny because you know this Junkrat week, I got coaching from Jake, and you know, mm -hmm. as soon as he DM'd me, he was like, you know, so by the way, SCB, if the leaks are true, this hero is fucking dog shit. It, it like <laughs> unplayable, terrible. But I'm down to coach mm -hmm. you. Yeah, and I was like. <laughs> Shrug, I don't give a shit. I'm starting to play some Junkrat. So you're right. Like, there's there's gonna be forgotten heroes. There's gonna be heroes that like, because this whole and I this does make you wonder. Like, the, the reason why I don't like such blanket changes is like, does anyone in the dev team know how Junkrat? Like, how you intimately play Junkrat? Do they know that like, ninety percent of your kills, eighty to ninety percent of your kills are like sneaking up, boom, one tapping someone, right? Like getting yeah. in someone's face and bam, one tapping them. And now you can't do that. This character loses to every other DPS character in a duel. He's terrible in every other way. Like, I don't know. Anyways, uh, Gavin says, The hero team will be watching very carefully and try to add quickly if we have any major balance problems. So good to know that they will be responding quickly. Which I, I'm glad to hear that because that's ne needed for sure. Uh, Frida, I'll take it to you. I'm going to go to the bathroom, but you tell me health pool changes how you feel. Hmm. I think that your time to kill in these engagements is going to be a thing you're going to notice the most, especially like if you're in a 1v1, just how easily you can die. That's where the uh, lack of burst on you as you toss your health somewhere. It's like I, I peek somewhere. In Overwatch, is a lot of times, especially as you get higher up the, the skill curve, peeking out is like instant death against so many different things. So the skill check and knowledge check at the same time is quite severe. So this will make it more forgiving for a lot of uh, tiers of play, I think, where a lot of things won't hit you. 
Surprisingly, I don't know if I agree that Junkrat will be bad. I think um, we're failing to perceive the full ramification of the entire game changing, and we're sort of defining success based on the old expectation of if you have burst damage or don't, you are or aren't a good character. I think in a world where Junkrat's projectiles are significantly easier to hit, might be one of the most frustrating things not maybe not for the highest skill tiers of play but again like the thing with hitbox changes is you're not all of a sudden gonna be able to aim as cassidy if you couldn't aim at all it doesn't go from i i whiff everything to now i hit everything it's more like if you were closely whiffing before you'll now more likely hit a headshot when you would have hit a neck shot that registers as a body or whatever things like that like crits will happen more often and players that are like let's say on the skill ramp and let's i think like masters players is probably the best uh example for this where they're like kind of good but still not as elite they're all of a sudden going to be like wow i i can't miss all of a sudden um so this but but you the junk rat player will hit mid airs and hard shots more reliably too so yes the time to kill maybe won't pan out in some cases but the reliability of that big burst of damage, just the thunk, thunk, like hitting you, and especially the fact that he can blind fire around corners and stuff, is just kind of my projectile argument in a nutshell. It's like everyone envisions the aim duel now mattering more, but the projectile spam-a-thon of those hitting more reliably is, I think, going to hit a lot of players like a truck. So not to say Junk's going to be a, a top-tier pick. Uh, he, you know, he was one of the unsung heroes of overwatch 2 that i try to champion early in uh was uh i feel validated especially with how many top tier junks came out of the woodwork to survive many different metas being quite a a weaselly ranked pub stomper hero that can play the positions of overwatch maps um uniquely uh, overwatch 2 maps specifically so i i i think y'all are underrating um my spam boy especially when there's like a a, they haven't spoke anything about the details of this, but a rework to Farah, and I think the game in general is a bit more like uh, brawly, let's say. So when you have a more brawly game, chunks of damage kind of setting the tempo of the engagement, I think might have a, a surprising snowball effect. Like it's, we're used to the old version of the game again, where, where it's got to be burst impact. Like, if it's not burst impact, it doesn't matter because the healing numbers are high and you need high amounts of damage. Whereas reliable, like, burst damage, like a junk spam down a lane, means, like, you kind of have some tempo to move forward as a team. Like, team shooting is much more important. So, um, yeah, those are some early observations. I lost the plot of this. Podcast getting long and coffee supplies are running low. That's my <laughs> end of that contribution. Of that well, segment. yeah, let's just, let's just stick to general. I mean, we can go back and forth. You might be rat. cooking. Oh, Sorry, I, I didn't unmute on Discord. Uh, I was saying that I'm sure we could go back and forth on the Junkie Boy, but let's uh, let's just talk big picture than health changes. I mean, we're free to make specific examples, but Flats, how do you feel about the health changes overall? Uh, it, it's it's impossible to tell until all the other numbers come out. Um, it, it it I don't want to go too far and be like, oh, like you know, certain heroes are gonna this hero might struggle or that hero might struggle. Um, I don't know. You really don't know until all the other numbers come out. Because, like, if you looked at it objectively right now, right, and there was no other balance changes except 
everyone getting more health. Uh, tanks would be way, way much more tanky. Um, you 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 wouldn't get one shot as easily, which is great. Um, you know, uh, certain DPS like Soldier, I think of would probably be a lot better because his sustained damage plus the twenty percent means that you're like reapplying it. Because I'm sure there's like there's probably like a window in there of like how long it lasts. You're probably reapplying it more consistently. Um, for example, because like Junkrat, let's say Junkrat for example, you know, like you shoot five mines, like you're spamming it and you hit one or, you know, grenades, you hit one, right? Like for that, let's say like one and a half seconds or whatever, I don't know what it is, but like whatever it is, um, like they don't get any, like they get 20% less healing. That's great for that one second or that one burst, but for the rest of the time they're getting normal healing. But with Soldier, you're, you're constantly reapplying it. So like, I think heroes like that might end up, you know, performing better. Um... But my my only hope is at least for as a as a tank player, and we talked about this earlier, is like heroes like Ryan and Winston, which feel like they're just, you know, like yeah, you could argue like well, Winston some is a lot of good with like coordination, but yeah, but like in ranked play, you just feel like you're fucking useless, and like why even play the hero? And I've been I've been playing quick play the last week because I haven't played. I don't think it's a secret. I haven't been playing a whole lot of Overwatch the last few months, and if I have, it's like you know quick play or whatever. So I've been trying to like unwash a little bit um, mechanically. And it's hilarious, like how how fast I have to like, like I'm starting to like ramp back up, and like I feel like I have to be playing at almost the next level to beat players that are just playing like I don't know fucking Ramatra or Maga, and they just stand there and they're doing fuck all. But like I have to, okay, I have to track their Life Weaver uh, pull and their Suzu. Okay, make sure they don't have either, because if I look for the shatter here, they're going to instantly get pulled away or suzu off. And it's like, you got to look for those, and then are you going to hit the pin? Is there, do you have enough health to make it to a ledge? Are you going to hit a ledge? Are you going to go for a squishy? Um, you know, if you get close enough, is, is the life we're just going to pedal up because you can't fire strike through it anymore? And it's like, you're doing all these, like, these, like, mental calculations to try to, like, get there with a small amount of health that you have. It just doesn't seem worth it. So my hope is... Um, with the extra health, like you're gonna be able to like be more forgiving, because like as we were talking about earlier, Overwatch is a really hard game, and I think tank is so difficult to play at this point. It's not inviting to players. Like there's no reason to play it. Um, like you're just you're just gonna have a bad time. Um, that hopefully reducing the either you can't die slash one shot and making it more fair and feel more fun um, will be the best thing for the whole role uh i can't speak obviously on how the dps and support stuff will be the only thing that jumps out to me is i feel like fighting a pocketed player is going to be a lot better um like you know like the sojourn mercy classic you're fighting a sojourn mercy on say like soldier you're you're losing that battle 90 percent of the time but if you're hitting them consistently they're not getting as much healing you know a nice placed helix rocket couple headshots might yeah, they might not might not be a bad time yeah, again, it's like, so it's really, really hard to sell. Like, in my mind, I'm like, but does he also have more HP? And therefore, like, the sustained healing, like, the, you have to reload. And in that time, the healing just takes you back to full HP, even if it's reduced because you had to reload because he's more HP. Like, there's so many ramifications. Like, it's just so hard to tell. And yep. even even one week into gaming, we won't, we won't really be able to tell. We won't be like, oh, yeah, I know now how it works. So, yeah. I, I think the overall... Again, I just want to reiterate that I'm glad they're doing things. I'm glad they're, like, changing things. I I don't, again, I'm not a fan of it being as heavy-handed as it is and just being, like, every character in this category gets X, heal, X HP. But 
it's new and it's fresh and I like that. Is there any other things about health before we move on to the comp changes? I no? thought of a way to describe it perhaps. Yeah. Like the when everyone has more overall health, that means the percentage of value that a healer has in that fight is not as much make or break on the time to kill. Whereas prior, if you have 200 health and you expect it to be like a one second time to kill, but then a mercy beams on it, that, that like the percentage of the break points, I think in, in theory, again, not a math brain, but to me, it's like, like it's, it's lessened just by that fact alone, because the amount it takes to heal in that time is there's a bigger gap potentially. Uh, but then on top of that is the DPS passive. So really like the whole, the, this patch being a genius patch, it, it comes down to DPS being incredibly important to what, what they target. Otherwise we can get to like a heroes of the storm situation where it's just a lot of meatballs kind of like smacking into each other. Whereas I think now we're going to notice like way less mid fight healing value, the support abilities that are really powerful pull Suzu immortality those will still be like ex extremely good uh especially mobility in that but like i i think 20 percent on a target is just going to change the durability of anything that might get healed which is most typically or, or really anything everything gets healed i guess so like pocketed characters tanks and supports peeling for each other all, all three of those i think um you're gonna feel like you can make a play to leverage to make plays resolve with just like neutral fights whereas at some point in time i feel like overwatch 2 like there's a lot there's a lot of neutrals that are just so stagnant that you have to have ults to break them like we're playing overwatch 1 again which was like a major uh criticism of, of that mode where it's like nothing can die unless you have an ult and i'm i'm hoping that dps passive is so strong that like natural pathing and teamwork um and coordination can make a an advantage state that you can actually resolve fights more reliably with. Fair. Again, it's like, sounds reasonable. <laughs> then we'll find out what, what it actually is. Uh, any other thoughts before we move on to the comp stuff? No? Okay. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's quickly go over the comp stuff. I mean, a lot of this is already known, but let's just kind of summarize it. Uh, so first and foremost, the, the new rank, system where we're going to get information after every single win or loss how our rank was affected and there's going to be these little modifiers we already kind of alluded to about the potential poor visualization of them but they're going to show you you know why you're getting more or why you're getting less so i want to i want to obviously take it to sk first sk you know you in many many ways were like i, I i'm not gonna say you were responsible for this because i'm sure the devs will say we knew we were gonna do this shit but you were a huge impetus, clearly, and clearly an inspiration that the devs cited multiple times as to why they did certain things and what they heard the complaints were. So how do you feel about the proposed changes and specifically maybe this one? Um, for one, that was really freaking cool <laughs> that the devs like mentioned my video. It blew my mind. It still does blow my mind. Um, it's pretty much, I think, the only occasion I've ever known that they've specifically cited a content creator to be like that yeah. per that person said that thing and we did the thing yeah it's so cool um it's just it's like it's great across the board i don't know i have no complaints pretty much everything i talked about in that video was every problem i had with it and they've almost all been addressed there like there are some issues i had with top 500 that like are not being that are not directly being addressed but still get fixed kind of adjacently by adding the new rank in um I, like really uh, 
The only thing I would like to see is like the rank being added to the portrait on the bottom left when you play. But like everything else has been solved. I have no complaints. Like it's it's amazing. We we get to see our rank. Like we have top players have something to grind for now. I've heard from from Gavin that like ultimate one. I keep on confusing champ and ultimate. Wait, champion one. No, champion it's called champion one. one. It's gonna be like incredibly exclusive. Like exclusive to top fifty, top twenty, or uh, yeah, that's what I've heard. But it just gives like us to something to grind for. It's really cool. I'm happy. Yeah, I mean the irony is I don't know if we'll ever see anyone in champion because like <laughs> top five. I mean the hope is that there's gonna be more people playing. So there's going to be more people mm. to eligible for the top 500 ladder. But I, from what I understand, top 500 supersedes champion and you're in like your display of your icon. So like we already don't have necessarily 500 people, at least at EU, we don't always have 500 people, but even by the end of the season who are GM1. So I, I hope we'll see yeah, it's enough, gonna be super exclusive. enough people to actually see champion rather than seeing the top 500. Um, oh yeah, that is one thing. I'm I'm not... I don't know if we have confirmation if we're going to see a champion or top 500 on the profile. It's the the mm -hmm. the the order of it showed the top 500 was above champion if that makes sense. So yeah. my understanding is that champion will like if you're champion 1 but you're top 500 you'll show top 500. I would definitely prefer to see champion on there for sure. Maybe champion with like the number instead of the top 500 icon just like champion and then number 10 or something. It's because everyone wants champion. Everyone's tired of being top 100. They're like, I've been top 100. I had never been champion, though. I want to be it champion. It looks way now. cooler, too. It looks cooler. <laughs> it does look cooler. Uh, so, I mean, again, it's a problem that could potentially solve itself if just more than 500 people are in champion and then you can see the champion. But but only if you're at the bottom, right? Right. Oh, yeah. wait. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see. But in terms of theory, Flats, how do you feel about just the changes overall? Uh, I mean, if you really care about it that much, I guess you could turn off the phone number thing. If you really care about it, because um, like I kind of, I kind of oh, yeah. think top five hundred does supersede champion because um, it's supposed to be the top five hundred players. But then again, top five hundred just lost its lore to most players, so that's why champion's so cool and like, oh, it's new. It's like this, you know, this is this is the the one you're not to, you're told not to worry about. But realistically, it's better. You know, it's, it's like okay, uh, I I understand what they're going for on it. Um, so on the top 500 thing, uh, I was actually talking about that when I was reading the dev blog, but apparently they, they, they jumped ahead of it, Aaron did, and was talking about like at mid-season, they're trying to address some of those concerns, um, especially because like, you know, let's say you're ranked 300, what's the difference between rank 300 and rank, rank 299? No idea. Like it's, you know, like there's still no numbers or anything there. Like it's a, it's a progress bar, which is kind of hard to, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of hard to determine where you're at on it. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it's my, I'm most excited for the, 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 the rank reset. Um, cause I, it, it, apparently the restrictions are going to be, they were moved to champion, like old GM, res uh, restrictions are champion now. Um, so we can, I can stack again up to GM. So I'm going to have a great time for at least a week. Um, so I'm looking forward to that because I'm going to try to get Seagull to come back try to get Emong to play. And we're just going to, we're just, we're probably going to get shit on for a little bit, but we're going to have a great time. Um, which, which is honestly all I want. I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, I think it's important for the game to have grind for top and grind for, for a champion. Um, and, and, and that will come, but I, I really just want to have fun with friends again. I, I just want to try the new stuff, play the new stuff, have a good time with it. Um, and I, and I think like the nitty gritty of the ranked will probably come later. Uh, 
because you know at the end of the day i don't think like matchmaking is like changing or anything like that so it's gonna be like this the games are gonna feel the same game in and a game out and i'm top 500 like i understand how the fucking leaderboard works like i i know how it works this is good for the 99.5 percent of the player base not me like it, it doesn't really help me very much uh so you know i'm not like crazy excited for it i just hope that it brings more excitement to the game and having more of that uh readability will let people if they're having more fun like right let's say that with all the other changes they're having more fun they feel like they're better at the game they feel like they're performing well and they get into ranked and they start liking overwatch more hey that's that's good for us so um, i'm in for that Frida, i'm gonna ask you about specifically the rank reset because i think this is another one where there's been a bit of confusion in the community where it's like Will this achieve anything? Like, is this just for copium people? Like, people who just think they're hard stuck, but, you know, think the, the rank reset will solve their issues. Like, do you think it's a net good or, or what? It's difficult for me to talk about this, like, objectively, because I have such strong opinions about this regardless. It's like, people expect their play experience to somehow change based on the metal they have attached to their matchmaking rank, and that's just not really the case is there's so much uh delusion frankly among the player base in it wrapped up in that somehow it like it felt in sv you made a lot of content back in overwatch one about these types of things um i feel like that's a, a thread that has somewhat been lost in our community with a lot more attention of even the viewer base uh on high level players which in some ways is is, is good but um yeah i think it's another non-change in a way because the MMR, I believe, is the same anyway. So it's just it's just another like fake half a reset thing that you'll try to work towards your real rank of the thing that you can eventually unlock with enough time and has some um, adjustments in your little placement period. That's basically it. And however, I do know that they said somehow that there was a disproportionate um, distribution for Bronze 5 and GM. Um, so maybe this, like, evens that out a bit. Personally, none of this matters to me, okay? I, I care about my experience in the game, and I think that's what most players should care about. But instead, they have this, like, mythical idea of, like, if I just get another rank, then all of a sudden, my game experience will be better. Probably not. Because actually, your opponents just get better. Here's just the truth about ranked. If you can't win, that's because you're not playing well enough to beat your opponents. Because your opponents have weak points on their team, just like you have weak points on your team. Yes, things happen where it's like, you're especially with group queue, that's the, the main way that I play, uh, especially as the game gets a little less popular, group queue gets worse, because you know I duo with Nathan a lot. And we either get grouped with other groups or against other groups. We we had like the most snowbally matches in a session that I've ever seen. Like I swear, like the matchmaker was taking stacks that were like a rank below us, and we would just dominate them for a game. And then it, the, the other thing would happen where we get that on our team, and then we get dominated. Like the 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 reality of this game is it's so hard that the matchmaker is never going to solve your play experience ever. You have to just get better. That's kind of my my argument with with all of this, and nobody ever wants to hear that. Luckily the the game is actually getting easier, so in a way, so you're going to feel like you can contribute, but that doesn't mean all of a sudden now you've got, like, the tools to, to beat the next tier up. In fact, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm curious what the perception of all of these things will change to over time, because I think uh, people just think they're a lot better at the game than they are, and 
they especially on like skill shot heroes man you have no idea like if you play a skill shot hero and you're in a metal rank it's like you you just just watch awkward play for 30 seconds in one of your ranks and see what happens like like oh, oh it's it's not hard just play bap and jump in the air and just hit every headshot on the auto across the mile dead 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 and like like this is that's how good people can get at this game and i, I don't know i feel like i'm 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 unhinged now at this point. You've reached a trigger <laughs> subject for me where it's like everyone thinks that the it's the dev's job to make ranked feel better for you. And I just feel like we there's our, our community somehow is both more hardcore in Overwatch 2 and somehow more delusional as, as time has gone on, it seems. Like they haven't played uh, the history of ranked games that have existed. And there used to be more of a, uh, in other communities I've been in, like Valorant or CSGO, there's a little bit more like of an anticipation of like, no, 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 it's you is, is the problem. Or somehow in Overwatch, it's always everybody else's fault except you. And well, I don't know, get get good scrubs. I think is my <laughs> message overall. Th this this new system does not help anything to me. It's just a new shiny icon, and I think the ranked reset is um, it's it's. We're going to be arguing about it in the next podcast when this comes out, basically. Because people are like, well, I thought I was supposed to be this, but I'm actually this, and the matchbook is this, and this guy says he's this, and it's going to be a mess. Because there's going to be lots of players coming back to the game that haven't played in a while once they hear there's a ranked reset going on, and that's going to screw up matchmaking like it always does. And everyone's going to throw their hands up at the sky like, like, and wonder, what, what's going wrong? Oh, my God. Well, it turns out, Can't like... Wait. <laughs> sorry yeah i'm 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 off the deep end here but uh yeah the the rank matchmaker never was going to solve the quality of your game experience unfortunately yeah i mean that's very well said and you know i will i will push back against it a little bit i'll offer some counterpoints of like what could be good about it but yeah we did but both of us you know we did like i think our first ever the interaction that frito and i had is was we made a video about like the rank system and why elo hell doesn't exist and why you know like there's all these psychological misnomers that people have about like oh i'm stuck for x reason i do think there's two big benefits to doing a rank reset though and i think having a periodic rank reset which they're talking about like doing yearly i think there's two benefits one is that i just think that a game like overwatch changes so much over the course of like a year that it makes sense to do it like it's been over a year since Overwatch 2 release and in that time we've seen vast changes right like the passives have changed heroes have been reworked balance changes have gone up and down and there's so many things that, like, you will have played in, in a, version A of Overwatch, but now Overwatch exists in version D, right? Like, you missed B and C, or maybe you popped in for B and C, and now we're in version D. And for a lot of players who, like, come in and out, it is genuinely, like, a very different game. And I, I think this, is, this affects more the people who play infrequently. Because the truth is, if you play frequently, you're probably where you belong, right? Like, if you play 100 games a season, it's very unlikely that you, you know, you're not close to where you should be or maybe you're climbing a bunch in which case you just keep need to keep playing to keep climbing but the people who kind of hop in and out i think they feel it the most and it also becomes like an intimidation factor for them i think because a lot of people become scared because they're like i haven't played or watched in like a season and i got to plat and i don't want to lose that plat anymore and then they kind of get this anxiety of like well if i play i'm gonna be really bad i'm gonna throw a bunch of people's games and i need to like you know it's, it's like a real pressure point and in an optimistic way like Maybe if you played or like this is another one for like the casuals who've come in and out and got shit on it or watching and like left. If you played maybe let's say support in season one, you were getting mauled a little bit, right? Like it was like dive meta, like a lot of Winston was really strong, Genji's really strong. And it was all about like supports don't have enough survivability. We're like, they need more buffs. If you were a support player then and you stop playing, 
You come back now, support's a hell of a lot easier. It's just like, there's like three more heroes that are like just way more survivable. They do way much more. All the other supports got a buff too. So the game is like significantly different. And I think to all those ends, that can help a little bit. But also I think the psychological factor is big. I think that like, as a player, it is true. I have seen accounts that are like, perform worse than others. Like I don't, I don't think that's a complete conspiracy. And I've seen as well playing a lot of alt accounts that some accounts do just climb faster than others. So there is some merit to the whole, my account is hard stuck and I'm on an alt account that climbs more. Like there's some merit to it, not as much as people like to believe. But the psychological, allowing the player to get like a quote unquote fresh start, I think is like a net boon for the game. Even if it does nothing, even if the actual reset in truth did nothing. Although I think the, uh, Morgan Madden, Madrin, who's the like dev for this kind of stuff and wrote like a tweet thread saying that like basically the higher you are, the more this MMR reset will affect you. Like it's a soft reset towards like the middle. So like if you're GM1, this is really going to like knock you down. But if you were like gold plat, probably won't change a whole lot, except maybe make your placements more you're impactful. bronze too. It'll pull you up. Right. So if you're bronze, it'll pull you up. And then you're in place, your placements will be a lot more impactful. So they've kind of said like be really ready for these 10 placements because they're going to matter a lot. But even if they did nothing, I think allowing a player to be like, I want the reset. I want a fresh start. I, I feel like I'm being unfairly treated is like a net good, I think. Like Dota does this as well. Like in Dota 2, you can like physically reset your MMR like once a year, I think. There's maybe once a year, once every six months. There's like a button, like there's an option on your profile that says reset my MMR. Because I think that like it is easy to feel frustrated and stuck and feel like you've made growth but you're not seeing it. And I think allowing the player to just get the psychological, all right, we go again. It's like a form of autonomy. I think it's like gives the player a bit more control to be like, I'm, I, I get to go again. So I think for those reasons, it's a, it's a good. Flat, Jessica, anything you guys want to add? You said it perfectly. Nothing. All right, Flat's yeah. not in. Okay. Frito, anything else you want to add? I think you're right. And Sam made the same arguments. Like, the it's a new game, fresh start. And so they kind of hem and hawed on how they were going to do that over time. And we sort of learned in real time as they did the sort of reset, but not really, but visual. And we have to do the math. And, the, like, we got to start pulling out the abacus to know what your real rank under the fake rank would be in the case of the matchmaker doing its job appropriately, but then you got decayed, and then, but you're in a game with the two ranks above you. It's just so complicated. And me, me I'm just like, the, the more you get this information out of the way, the the, the better. So uh, that that's my, uh, my take on it. But I, I guess we're reaching the like uh, grandpa o'clock of the podcast when I'm just grumpy about everything and I'm overly emotional and anticipating, anticipating the like the whining on Twitter that's going to come when they come back in and it's like, well, but I thought I should be two ranks above because I'm so good. And it's like, well, no, it, everyone's not as good at Overwatch as they think they are. And if you think you are, do VOD review and notice how wait. you... How you don't like read the kill feed when you're supposed to, and you're regrouping badly, and you staggered your death here, and it's like there's so much. Again, you, the the depth of how bad you could be at this game is it's never apparent in real time. But if you vod review, you'll you'll pretty quickly see it. And well, anyway, whatever. <laughs> there's some I... some some TikTok people who need to be humbled. And I <laughs> hope that this does that. TikTok in general needs humbling. I feel like if you're not bronze five, most people are gonna are gonna de rank. Like they're gonna go lower than they think. So, okay, 
then I think the final big change that, that they've kind of announced is the competitive points thing. And I, again, I think always as competitive players, we underestimate what people take away as like the big talking point. So I think we read the thing where like health changes, you know, the projectile size changes, comp changes, and then you'll just go on like social media and everyone's like, I can't get no gold weapons no more with the points that I had. I almost had all of them. Fuck you, Blizzard, and your greedy corporate shit. And it's like, damn, people care? Like, we, we take it for granted because we got so many fucking points. But a lot of people are upset that the system, to summarize again, the system's changing for comp points. Uh, coming 2024, there's going to be like the points that you get are only going to contribute towards jade weapons. The old points that you have will be legacy points and only usable to buy gold weapons. And then after the year is over, so when 2024 is over, your jade weapon points will also convert into legacy points. And then you'll only be able to buy gold weapons, I believe, with them. I don't know if you'll still be able to buy old jade weapons or what, but essentially they'll convert to legacy and then the 2025 will have a new weapon that you have to start earning points for again. So I can't imagine any of you have too many strong opinions on this, but SK, what is, what's your feeling on the new weapons? Um, I'm excited. I think I've seen some people that are angry that about the, the scarcity of the jade weapons that like after this year, you'll never be able to get them again. Um, and I, and I can understand that, I suppose. I, I, it's like you said, I really don't have any strong opinions. Um, yeah. One, one talking point about the jade weapons is that like, it could encourage people to play on their main accounts more instead of smurfing or playing on alts because they want, like, you can only get the jade weapons this year. So. If you want to get them, you better play your main <laughs> kind of thing. But I mean, that's all I got. Frida, how about you? This is this is Grandpa Clock again. <laughs> You're waking me up on my, on my reclining chair over here. You can just see, see him like, hey, come on, contribute to the conversation. Um, green is my favorite color. So I am excited to put green on my weapons. And um, I think... Uh, this is good. Good addition. That's my opinion. <laughs> Seems good. I think Flats has, has been a uh, gift bomb. Did I need Flats to stall longer? <laughs> no, no. Oh, Flats. no, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, I had to respond to something. My bad. Um, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think there's a classic, uh, the classic Blizzard blunder of we do it our own way uh, with the we don't need more fucking currencies. Like, <laughs> please stop. I know what they're doing. I understand. Um, I get it. Like, they're trying to make it so that's a season thing. You know, it's supposed to be exclusive. Kind of create a little bit of FOMO. You know, make everybody start over. So, like, you know, because I have, like, I don't even play ranked anymore. I still have, like, 10,000 competitive points or something. And I have every gold gun on every single character, right? So they're trying to make everybody start over. Make you play ranked. Make you earn it. I understand. But, like, the whole, you know, oh, it converts to legacy, like, realistically, it should kind of balance itself out over time anyways, right? Like, because if you're releasing every year, uh, how many heroes are there right now? It's 36 or something like that? How many heroes? Anyone know off the top of their head? 39. Wait, wait, wait. Total, right? Yeah, total. 39, isn't it? I think. So 39, and then there's three to four new heroes a year, right? So let's say there's three next year. That goes up to to, four, to to 42 then, and you're getting 42 new skins, new weapon rewards 
and then the next year after that goes up to 45. There's no way even the 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 Overwatch one uh, billionaire class of people who have like bajillions of points are going to run out eventually if they're buying everything like they're, they're going to run out. So like creating a system and like making it feel like, oh, you know, if you don't, you're, it's going to be converted. You're like, don't miss out. Your old points are actually useless. So like screw your old points. Like it just like, why? What's the point? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe maybe, you know, people get a couple jade weapons at the start and they get a head start on a couple people. You've been, they've been playing your game for seven years. You should give them a little something then. Like, who cares? And guess what? If they blow all their points then on the Jade weapons, the year after, when you come out with something new, they're going to have no money left. Like, just, what are you doing? Just leave it. Just, just, it shouldn't, there shouldn't be a conversion. Shouldn't be a legacy credits bullshit. Leave it how it is. Just introduce new shit every year. People will be fine with it. If you want to take it away after a year, do your thing. Yeah, I, I think I think personally I'm not as bothered by it, but again, it's not something that affects me. So I, I agree with your take. I think that actually they could have done a year of free and then changed the currency afterwards. They, like especially because what notice did people get? Like four days to like spend your comp points because it's about to be useless. It's confusing. Like you're just gonna. It's another one of those things that's gonna piss people off. Like I remember when I was reading it, I understood it. I knew it. I knew exactly what it meant. My chat's just going huh huh like the whole way through because like it was like. You know, it was one of those days where I went live, it was like all patch notes or whatever. So it's like a lot of like casual people. And it's like, they're all confused as shit. They're all looking around like, help, help, what's going on? And it's like, that's how people get confused. And we get the 100,000 likes tweets with like, oh, they're, they said, fuck your competitive points. And they're like, what? And it's just, just stop getting in your own way. Fuck. It should be like a blanket, like guys, no new currency. It doesn't need to be like a. A board on the in the Blizzard development. No new currency. No new currency right now, guys. I'm telling you, no more new currencies. Um, that should be like. <laughs> this is kind of mean, but like you know how Aaron in this blog today, he was like, at the end of every meeting, we say, let's make a great game because we want everyone to make a great game. They should be like, let's make a great game and no more new currencies. Like that should be like the motto at the end of every meeting. <laughs> Any more thoughts about the weapon stuff? Yo, when are we gonna learn about these monetization changes? Where's wasn't that supposed to be coming? What? Why? Why did they fire all these people for not going to get skins on the cheap now? Like, what? When's that happening? That was supposed to be happening, right? Like, think how much cooler it would be if that happened as season nine was dropping with all this, because I feel like it's gonna happen out out of sync and not land the the impact it could have. Like, if it all came through together, like, oh, ranks fixed, transparency, games more fun, and monetization, that would have been like, boom, 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 and then the, the game could uh, start a revolution of sorts. I don't know. I may be a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I'm... <laughs> Imagine there's no battle passes, <laughs> no premium currencies. That that's you're, you're a dreamer. You truly are too optimistic. This is not grandpa. This is just delusional. Copium. Uh, Gavin, Ga Send him home. <laughs> Gavin says, we wanted Jade weapons to feel special and we thought they'd feel a lot less special if players had 10 of them on day one. Which I totally understand. And I also like, you know, I, I understood that logic, but I think at the same time, you, I also agree with what you're saying, Flats, which is that it's like the only people that would really be applicable to is like the absolute highest elo and... I guess the thing is, like, if they introduce Jade weapons now and 10 people, like, you had 10, or you had one in every significant hero you're going to play, 
and then next year they run out, you're not going to really feel the specialness of the weapons until the year after. And then by that point, that's are you okay. Mm-hmm. That why why not? If you if you've been playing this game for seven years and you have a, a fuck ton of them saved up because you can't buy anything else, then what's the point? Like, what's the point? Okay, level with me. The legacy credits now, right? You have twelve. You have, you have fifteen thousand because you've been playing Overwatch for seven years. You have every gold gun in the game. Now what? Now you just sit there and wait until that reserve slowly runs out as ne- each new hero comes out because. What you're going to be doing is buying the new skins with the current currency, and you're going to have like this old reserve of old currency. So you're going to be constantly building up currency to buy new stuff and then sell it, and then and then like earning and then buying, earning then buying, and then you get every time a new hero comes out, it slowly chips away at it. It's like it's so much more complicated than it needs to be, and it's like okay, like yeah, it's not as special for those extremely hard grinders, but then there's a bajillion people that come to my channel all the time and go. What what gold gun should I get? And I'm like, you still get gold guns? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for me, that's already lost all its charm. And like, yeah, those people get a reward. Like, is that really so bad? No, I agree. I with will you. note. I think the distribution of the old currency was way out of whack, where it was biased towards the finishing the season at a high rank. So it meant you would not care about it, flats, and then like a. Uh, especially like a bronze player. I mean, them getting one gold gun would take forever because playing the game barely got you any of it. And then it was based on your rank, that how much reward you got. Now they scaled that and changed it over time. But I think that the new way they're doing it makes sense. But as you're correctly highlighting, now you're being like robbed of what you, the fake currency thing that they gave you the first time. Now it's being re-engineered. And there's only so many of you though. And I think there's way more players of... uh, the, no, in the I, metal, I, metal ranks that you might miss, don't you have might the be, currency. You might be misunderstanding me. I don't care about the currency. Like I'm saying, like you're creating two separate sets of currency that are confusing, and it's going to confuse people. Like I'm talking oh, about yeah. myself because I know I have a lot, and there's a lot of players like me that have a fuck ton just sitting around because I've been playing for years. The argument I thought that's being made is that the reason they're starting over is so people like me can't just jump in and get ten of them. But there's there's only a small percentage of people that are like me that are going to have that. The gra- the large majority don't have that. But by creating a whole new currency now, you make people think, oh my god, like my they're 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 taking away my credits, or I can only buy gold guns with these credits now. Like, what's the point of even having them? You create problems for yourself based off this very small niche amount of people that probably have a lot of leftover ones. So like, I don't give a shit. I Honestly, if you're going to go that far, just wipe it. Just fucking start the whole thing over, right? But, like, you can't do that either because that makes no sense. So, like, you see what, like... You, I see your point. You're creating a problem for no reason. That's all I'm saying. Like, what would, what would the, be the big downside if on day one Flats had all the gu- green guns? Like, is there really Who's a... Big, the That's, you you yeah. won't... I, I guess, but we want to see the new thing at the same time, too. And it's not... It's not so transformative, bro. It's green, okay? Gold might look better anyway. Like, only I don't know. I, I don't have a strong opinion about this. I, I'm just trying to yeah. you know, see all the perspectives. Uh, I'm going to try and devil's advocate as well a little bit just to, to have a discussion on it. Gavin also adds, it is a small percentage of players, but those players are very disproportionately visible. So I imagine that, like, yeah, like seeing your favorite streamers all immediately buy the jade weapons and be very jaded, no pun intended, to be like, whatever, man, I got him. Like, maybe that, like, takes the hype away. Also, I guess what you can say is that this is, like, a leveler for new players versus old players. Like, yes, there's the whole reward your old players, but it's also, like, the new players feel robbed, and, like, if you're 
like not haven't played that much Overwatch 2, you're like potentially having to compete to buy two separate kind of weapons at the same time, which is that like you haven't got all the gold guns you want, but now you also have to buy jade weapons, but the people who already had the gold weapons are like like racing ahead on you getting jade weapons now while you still haven't even got the gold weapons you want. So it's kind of like maybe there's like an argument that they feel bad, that they're like, hey man, I want to get the cool weapons too, but you got a head start because you happen to be starting before me. Devil's so advocate. Big problem. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're going to just create problems for yourself, though. So, like, okay, I think that's really that important. Sure, but it's going to cross. You're going to get a lot of people pissed because they just don't understand. So, whatever. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's like it's one of those. And who knows how much the team four again was like keen on, and maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But who knows how much they were keen on resetting it, or someone else was like. Yeah, you need to give people reasons to to you know buy this new cosmetic of ours or you know earn this new cosmetic of ours as well. Who knows? Any other thoughts on this conundrum? Before I think we're basically ready to wrap up. Yeah, I didn't think there would be any strong like, But one more thing about the jade weapons SVP. Well, yeah, uh, SK. I, it's it's like both sides are right here. There's there's like ups and downs, and it's just whichever ones you believe is better. I the. The way it is now, when we see someone with a jade weapon, it'll it'll like actually be cool, I think. Instead of or like when I get my first jade weapon, I'm gonna be really excited. So I teach their own. <laughs> yeah, like that that's the cool thing, and there's gonna be a lot of everyone is gonna be hyped for certain like to try and get, you know, the champion and try and get jade. Okay, maybe for a lot of people they won't be able to get champion. But they can still get the Jade, and like the top 500 streamers will be like, Champion, they finally will like grind really hard and have a reason to grind. Mm -hmm. So there will be optimism for once and an incentive for once. Frito, Gun you skins in our game don't have the same impact as they do in a Call of Duty or a Valorant or a Warzone because you just don't pick them up. So you see them in the kill cam, I guess, or on the Widowmaker as she scopes up half a mile away from you. But I don't know. Probably why I don't have a strong opinion about it. Gun skins matter a lot more in, in a Valorant or a, like where you're buying guns for someone else. It's a huge culture on on that. Which is why they also can charge hundreds of dollars for them. Here's an idea in like a in like a Yu-Gi-Oh duel fashion. If you kill someone with a jade weapon, your weapon becomes jade until you die again. Like you get to yoink it for a little bit. That's a cool idea. Another thing they have in um, Valorant is like the final kill has a fancy yeah. animation. That could be another thing they could add to Overwatch at one point. I, I think we've said it before on the podcast. Yeah, if you get a team kill, I think that the last kill of the team kill could have a cool, you know, a little effect. Because obviously, I can understand in the middle of the fight, like Valorant has a clear: this round is over, everyone's dead. But how do we know, like, when the fight is over? But team kill is like everyone's dead. Boom! You got the last hit. Sparklies. Um. Okay. So let's head to concluding thoughts then. Lots to we've lots we've gone over guys and and lots still that we will continue to go over as we actually get to try it and see what the hell the million ramifications are of this cohort of changes that are coming our way. But what are you kind of most excited for? Like what do you like? This is going to be the the thing I'm looking forward to most for season nine and the thing that I think will bring me the most joy. This this sparks joy. Um, so let's go with flats first. Flats, what's gonna what's gonna spark joy in season nine? Um, hopefully not exploding on cooldown. <laughs> simple. He's a simple man. He just doesn't want to blow up on cooldown. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Frito, you go next. 
feeling like I can aim. That's that would be awesome. That would be nice. I've been I've been chasing that feeling for a while. Um, okay, I like it. Simple, simple demands. SK, how about you round us off? I'm excited to have something to grind for. I feel like I've kind of completed the game. Like before, it was hit GM one on every roll. Okay, that's done. Top five hundred on every roll. Okay, that's done. Now what do I do? <laughs> now I have champ to go for. I'm excited. Champ and a new weapon. SK, this is two good problems. This is two good of the game problems. <laughs> um, I think for me, I think I'm just excited for a shakeup to the game. I think it's very easy to get bored of it, playing it. Like it's very like it can be obviously it's a streamer problem, streamer problem that you know we play all the time and we get it becomes very repetitive and samey. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to this whole like wild west that we're gonna enter where like nobody really knows what's good or bad and we'll have a good period of time where we can kind of like try a bunch of different heroes and you won't immediately be like written off because you're playing x hero on x thing like maybe this hero is good now um and yeah discovering that is always the most fun part of our watch i think so i look forward to the discovery or what season of discovery um yeah any other thoughts guys before i let you get going yeah, I agree completely. The, the the rediscovery of this game is going to be quite interesting. I think it's going to be interesting for low-level players, especially ones coming back, if any of them do, with the, how undersold that these improvements are. Uh, and then also for, like, the top, top-tier top meta-analysts, like, I think th these changes are just so radical that it's going to take us a while to, like, proper, properly understand the, like, uh, macro meta-game of how this... the The rules let's say of what role should do what when like I, I don't think that's gonna be known for a little bit and that that'll be fun to decide and understand oh i have um, one more thing mm -hmm. um i i know it's like not liked by pros but the fact that this patch is dropping and then owcs is starting i think that's gonna be really cool we'll we'll see people like define the meta or or break the defined meta It'll, it'll be it'll be so cool i've heard complaints about that but i gotta be honest from covering overwatch since 2016 mm -hmm. a patch dropping and a new tournament coming was always how it was and i think it's better in the open system to have that as opposed to a long season where you have multiple patches and then the playoffs all of a sudden matter the most and then that patch matters yeah. disproportionately more than the other ones and they tried to like rectify that but instead now what you get like way back in the day, you'll get these teams that can emerge based on the different patch uh, cycles. And you can remember that tournament. Okay, that was so-and-so uh, did well at the XYZ tournament at this day. And and the patch holds that uh, little capsule, time capsule of history uh, yeah. it contained. And then it'll change for the next uh, event. And on top of that, I'm curious if uh, any third-party uh, organizers change the rule set at all which maybe will be a conversation for another day, but you would imagine that, that that's a, a potential to happen now, that it's a free ecosystem. Yeah, I like it. Platt, anything to add? No. no. All right, well, on that note, thank you so much, guys, for your time and company. It has been a blast having you here. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm about to peace out tomorrow. I, go, I head out to India for a week for my brother's wedding, so you guys let me know what... That's uh, awesome. Yeah, you guys let me know. Yeah, it's gonna be, yeah, big affair. So we'll be there for a while. I'll, I'll get some good food and I'll be watching. I'll be periodically checking my social media, watching what the fuck is going down as you guys are like, it's shit. It's all shit or it's great. <laughs> We're so back. So you have to tell me all about it and I'll come back probably 
next Saturday and we'll, we'll we'll touch base again and we'll see what the fuck was cooked. So thank you for your time, Frito, SK, and Flats. Appreciate you guys very much. Have a great rest of your day. And that's it from us. Peace out. Bye. Bye.